On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will go over 10 characters that need to make their Bad Batch debut in the show's final season. Will Vader grace our presence? Does Ahsoka need a cameo? What about Brother Fett? Find out who else made the list by not tuning out now. Matt may even review Argyle while Nick shows off his tattoos. Of course, the show will end the Question of the Week segment and the latest round of Top High Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody, it's time for Mass at SWTS Church. What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. Good to see you. Who we got in the chat? J-O-D, always number one, and our buddy League is in there. She's doing great. Still at work. Doing work shit. That's right. When you're on the SWTS, we can use big boy and big girl worlds. Ah, hey, it's fun. It's fun to be here. It's good to be back. In case you missed us, we've been spitting out content on the socials. We are masters of the verticals. Don't forget to check that stuff out on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. We're Star Wars Time Show everywhere but IG because we got defeated by the Empire over the summer, so we are Star Wars Time. Dacho over there. And yes, I have to do that every single time. It is some sort of OCD tick. I don't know. I don't know, Nick. It's just one of those things. <laughs> As you can see on the live stream screen here, if you are joining us today live, and if you're not, go to hell. But if you just don't know how to do it, it's youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show 5P East, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show again. Uh, I don't want to say the day because we're going to be shifting the schedule here in about a week. We're, we're doing Tuesdays this week, Tuesday next week, and then for Bad Batch Week, we will be shifting the show to Wednesdays and probably keeping it, keeping it there moving forward. I know it's going to be tough. I am a complete freaking weirdo when it comes to routine. So hopefully Nick is not, and he can make this transition much more smoother than I can. But I've been getting the head prepped for the past few weeks for the shift. And this time, buddy, I think we're just going to stay there. So we're, we're, yeah. we ain't leaving Wednesdays once we move this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hopefully it, it all works out. <laughs> hopefully right. it all works out. I just, uh, you know, we, we tend to, when we sometimes do do a show on Wednesday, we tend to get a, a bit more of an audience, I think, because a lot of the, the toy stuff, a lot of toy streams take place on Tuesdays for some reason, probably because we were the first to do it, and everyone's like, oh, they're doing it on, on Tuesday? We got to do it on Tuesday. Um, but to, to kind of get more in line with Disney's cadence, which they're never going to change, it's going to be Wednesdays or Tuesday nights, it seems, for new Star Wars so we're just getting prepped for Bad Batch Season 3, the final season. And yes, we have some Bad Batch topics this week and probably again next week to get you ready for the Season 3 debut on the 21. Rick, the door technician. What is going on, Jordan? Welcome, welcome to the show. Bango, hey now, buddy. All right, so we got some of the regulars in here. If you're new, don't don't hesitate to interact. I don't 
necessarily feel like yelling at anyone today. So that's always a good sign for our fans. Um, as I said, we, we, you know, we, we, we always have stuff to talk about. Every week, Nick and I are like, huh, we'll probably be done early this week, and then we usually go long. It, it, that's just how the SWTS goes. It's 99% my fault, as Nick is confirming over there in his little window <laughs> box. <laughs> so no, That's uh, not true. I, I definitely go off on my fair share of tangents. And his tangents, by the way, if you guys were kind of paying attention over the summer and you were investing in the stock market, it might have paid off for you because pretty much everything Young Nick said about the, uh, the really the streamers in general, streaming culture and the streaming business is more or less come to fruition in just a, a short few months. Uh, I think it was just last week we were talking about how Netflix has just kind of whipped out their big digital ding dong and is smacking everyone around at this point in time, snagging up people's content libraries left and right. I mean, dude, it, it seems like every Tuesday now on Netflix, they're introducing not only some of their own original content, but they're bringing in original content from other streamers. It's, it's wild. It's like Max has just said, hey, Netflix, you're us now. We're, we're yeah. just giving you everything we have. Go ahead and share it with your audience. So... Ah, that's, that's, um, you know, he's, he's a soothsayer when it comes to the business, but, um, you know, Bad Batch is going to be the main focus. A, a fun Gina Carano story just literally popped up a few minutes before we went live. So we're, we're most definitely going to touch on that, at least put a spotlight on it and kind of maybe uh, turn it into a teaching lesson for some people out there when it comes to opening your big fat mouth and then having to deal with the consequences uh, we also got a great little quote from Stellan Skarsgård about Andor Season 2 that I think fans need to hear because more or less, Nick, it just confirms what we've started on this show, that Tony Gilroy is a god. <laughs> and he should be referred to as Lord or Sir, never just Tony. You know, it's got to be Lord Tony, Sir Tony, Lord Gilroy, something like that. But You know, when you do as much as he's done for cinema... Then, then I guess you you deserve that, right? Because he's done yeah. a ton. He's done a whole lot. Yeah. He, I mean, m many people call him the Jesus Christ of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's it's very clear that this man can do no wrong. Yeah, I mean, so. he, he he can turn <laughs> a, a a fish into a buffet. He can turn water into wine. He can take bad Star Wars and make it the best ever. I mean, that's just that's that's what you get when you worship at the altar of Gilroy. That, that's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, listen, I mean, it's just, it, it is kind of a throwaway quote, but it, it does reinforce the, the Gilroy mantra we have kind of built up and have fostered over here on the SWTS. Uh, so all sorts of stuff to get into. And of course, we're going to touch on the passing of our dear friend, a show favorite, and this goes back, so if any of you fandos are still in there, you'll, you'll appreciate this. But uh, Mr. Weathers, a.k.a. Grief Karga, will forever be known as Grief Cardboard on yes. the SWTS, spelled with a K, by the way. <laughs> one of the best. We had one of the best ever fans when they chose that handle. I wish they would come that back. Um, Such a good name. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to Carl here in a second. He's going to stay within our um, Star Wars topic. So as we always do here on the SWTS to kick things off, it's pop culture time. Not much going on here. 
Um, I, I'll tell you what, and I'm probably going to get some egg on my face for this one, Nick. And I know you, you as soon as you hear me start talking about it, be like, oh, you're such an idiot shill dope. Like you, you have no taste anymore. You're a loser. But I'm here to tell you, everyone. Argyle from Apple and Universal mm-hmm. is a damn fun flick. I don't care what the critics are saying. I don't care that it's got like a 30% on Rotten Tomato. Audience is at 71%, by the way. So I just want to throw that out there. But Nick, I, I'm not kidding around. I, I found Argyle to be absolutely entertaining, super fun, great cast. Uh, definitely threw me for a loop on the narrative a few times. I mean, some people are saying, oh, you know, it's hard. to." I, I didn't find it hard to follow. It just there, you, you know, sometimes in a spy thriller like this, you can expect a twist, maybe two twists. This thing's like twist, 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 twisty, twisty, twist, twist. And then you get the end. So that, you know, that kind of keeps it exciting. Yeah. BDH, it, it's probably her biggest acting role in in years. I mean, she she gets a ton of screen time. She's awesome. Do a leap holy shit. I didn't know who this person is. I've heard the name. I'm not that old, but my goodness, this is a amazingly beautiful woman. And the character she plays in this film just oozes sexiness. I'm sorry. I I know you're not allowed to talk about that stuff anymore if you're a man, but my goodness, I... Where where have you been, Nick? Like, do you know uh, of this of this woman? Do you know how hot she is, or, um, or have I, I been mean, on the moon for too many years? I mean, I know of her. I, I'm not like I don't listen to her music or anything like that. And honestly, like I I don't watch award shows. I know that like apparently she, you know, like she was at the Grammys that just happened this past. Yeah, Bat weekend. was saying she's looking smoking there too. But, but like, yeah, I mean, like I don't I don't really know too much about her i know the name more than anything else but yeah okay i, I mean like right. i just don't listen to that type of music <laughs> yeah yeah so so you're with me but my goodness dude this this woman like she she kind of helps kick off the movie with with henry and henry henry by the way with that that was that that buzz cut like the what do you call this? The, the flat top? Very interesting oh, yeah. look it's for, like a for Henry Cavill. Military, <laughs> like it's a military style haircut yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Dude, I, I don't know. Like Dua Lipa. My goodness. I, there used to be a dance, I guess, in the 50s where the, where your female partner would essentially jump up and put her crotch in your face and you spin around. That's kind of her scene. And she earned her paycheck. All right, so getting beyond like the moron level type of critique, because if you just want to go and look at, at pretty people, Argyle's a good movie for you. And there, there's plenty of good looking people in there. Dua just kind of stood out. Then you know Henry's in there. BDH, you know, looking good for a more traditional female build. Sammy J, always looking good. Um, Sam Rockwell, who, you know, I'll probably catch some heat for this. I, I've called him Nick, and he's kind of like the not Edward Norton or the slow tom cruise if you will right <laughs> he kind of has that look great actor by the way you know i'm kind of being a jerk but he's good everyone's good in it if i can see is in it i mean ariana debose brian cranston the home alone mom great cast i enjoyed the story way too long like two hours and 12 20 minutes that get out of here like that, that I, I i will agree with that critique I'll also agree with whoever spent the $200 million to make this should be fucking fired. 
All right. I mean, that's Apple, right? Apple yeah. spent the 200 yeah, million. Yeah, well, find the person <laughs> that said, yeah, this, this, yeah, 200 million, do it. Nick, I'll tell you what, man. And, and it kind of adds to the charm of Argoyle, like the, the over the top nonsense. Like it, it's very slapsticky. You know, Matthew Vaughn did it, the Kingsman guy. So it, yeah. it's kind of in that vein. It, it's I mean, not. That's definitely his style. Yeah. Like yeah if you've okay. seen the Kingsman movies, like that's his style is like this over the top action, almost kind of like action comedy more than action yeah yeah so it's that type of tone so i was i was expecting some some weird stuff and you get plenty of weird stuff what i was not expecting in a movie where you spend 200 million dollars and i can only imagine most of that went to your the shoot and and the vfx it's it's obscene sometimes dude like there there some of the vfx in there you just have to go where did the money go like, where did it go? Well, how, yeah. how do you spend $200 million? And, in, in you know, our, our friend Linda's in here talking about the cat. The cat is a star. But the cat, a lot of times, is, is CG. And it it's so clear it's CG. It, it's not even funny. I mean, the people out there making fun of Obi-Wan Kenobi, watch out. You go watch Argyle. You're going to be like, is it is it the year 2024? Are we back in, like, the, the 80s and 90s of, of special effects? It's like the, I don't know what it is, man. It's like the, the, the backgrounds, the computer generated effects, they look so good that it almost be, it, it feels like Digirama. It feels like Digirama. <laughs> that, that's where we're at. We're essentially doing Digirama Hollywood flicks, Nick. And, yeah. And I don't get it. I, I think that like back in the day when like CG was really first becoming popular and accessible to, to like most films to use, because like, Back then, like back in the day, like th- there were very few studios that would choose to pay for CG. It was just too expensive. Like, and it was a it was a technology that was very limited in terms of who knew how to use it properly. But once it like kind of went mass market and it was a little bit more accessible to the general studio, is when you started to see a lot more questionable CGI because you had like, then you had like different levels of CGI. It wasn't just like, this is what you can do with computer animated graphics. This is the best that it gets. It was like, well, you can have like really good CGI, you know, like fate, like phase three Marvel CGI. And then you can have like, you know, uh, not, not great CGI. You can have like phase four Marvel CGI and, and TV show Marvel CGI and stuff like that. So like when the different levels of CGI came in is when shit really started to look wonky because then you could tell that like people started to overuse it because it, it became more accessible and that's when shit just yeah, really yeah, went may, out the window. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like they'll take anyone that knows how to use an app these days to do VFX. Maybe they're not, it's not the artists anymore, but that that's probably my biggest critique from Argyle. It, it's definitely too long. Like you, you could You could have trimmed it up to make it nice and tight. I still enjoyed the story. I, I don't feel like it was a, a, a some I don't want to say too much because it'll spoil, but let's just say some people are saying it's a bit of a, a bait and switch in terms of the main cast. How's that? Gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. But, I mean, but the, the VFX are probably the most laughable aspect. And, and it doesn't hurt it, Nick, because of the over the top nature of the content and the scenes and, and the action happening. But it's still going like, okay, Apple. If you're going to spend $200 million and you know the movie going landscape is is tough these days and it's almost impossible to make that back unless you're Barbie or Oppenheimer, 
what make it look and feel like a $200 million movie, at least from the VFX standpoint. Yeah, I think that, and I'm really surprised at this because honestly, at this point, it's not even being slow. It's just being like unable to deal with the fact that movies don't make as much money as they used to. I mean, that's just a plain, simple fact of it. There are very few movies out there that can really crack the audience enough to make $500 million to make, you know, this excessive amount of money that we were seeing during the star Wars sequel releases during the Marvel phase three releases and stuff like that. But studios keep pumping out movies that cost $200 million, $250 million. And, and like being surprised when they're like, what do you mean? This movie only made $18 million on opening weekend. It's, it's like, they really haven't adjusted to the landscape yet. And it's going to cause a lot of problems with the development of film moving forward. Because if, if studios choose to just continue to spend this level of money on movies that aren't like a 90% chance to make it back, then like you're just going to see less movies being yeah, I, made. It's Or you're going to have a shift to where you're going it, to, it'll shift back to like, early nineties landscape where the movie business is, was kind of taken over by independent film. And that may not be a bad thing, you know, like essentially, well, dude, Qu- I think Quentin Tarantino only has one movie left, right? He's he- got one movie left <laughs> and it's called, I love how he did. He, like when he started, he's like, I'm only making 10 movies. And the last one that he's going to make is called the movie critic, which is so fitting because it's just going to be a commentary on all the bullshit that he's probably had to put up with for his entire filmmaking career i wish he'd get over the number thing because from what i've heard his star trek would have been dope as fuck yeah i've I've also heard that now i will say this like this is like you know these are i think he has the number on like movies that like he will make himself like these are the movies that like i i'm going to write produce direct and do everything for Maybe if he's given an opportunity by a studio like Paramount to say like, hey, we're going to bring Star Trek back and we want to do your treatment. Like maybe he would approach that uh, because yeah. it's not him. I in would hope full so. Control. So I, I'm, okay. I'm obviously a huge fan of Tarantino. He's one of the I think premier directors of our of our of this age, if you will. I mean, I, I can't think of a movie he's put out that's just that's been crap. I know. Was it like the twofer he did with Rodriguez apparently didn't hit like some of his other movies, but even those yeah. are still pretty good. Grindhouse. I mean, that and was whatnot. like, yeah, like the Grindhouse duo because he did Planet Terror or no, Rodriguez did Planet Terror and then he did Death Race. Is that what it was called? Yes, yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, I don't, hey, whatever. But you're probably not wrong. It's you, I don't know, you'd think Apple. They just release it. And again, I know people are going to make fun of it, but if anyone has seen the demos of Vision Pro, holy fuck, is that awesome? Like, it is new tech. That's what Apple used to do. And I, it's, I'm glad they're doing it again. Uh, I still don't see an app on there that I need to spend the 3700 But I'm telling you right now, if I had one, I'd be wearing it right now and I would, I would use it all day long to work. Like, the, the user demos make Apple's official demos look stupid. Just, just look for that, some. Like, they're amazing. I, I've seen them. That is not something that I'm ever interested in oh, dude, using. You, you're doing it. You know you're doing it. You, you're going to have... You're gonna oh, be sitting there, God, no. You're going to well, be One, because it's here. an Apple device. You're going to have your so. Twitter over there. You're going to have your IG here, your YouTube <laughs> up on the ceiling, a grocery list out on your fridge. So when you walk by, you can remind yourself. 
I have a grocery list on my fridge already. It's written in Mark. But it's not um, in virtual reality, Nick. I, I think that's the problem. It's like whenever I see people walking around in, in regular, like on a street with that, it actually makes me sad because it's like you cannot pull yourself away from your computer or your device long enough to even like walk to get groceries. It just kind of makes me sick when I watch people yeah, I, it would be better to, to like, once they get them down to just regular glasses. But I'm tell I, I, right now, just because of you know, I grew up with Star Wars, Star Trek. I've always wanted to live in that era. If if I could get a HUD in my day to day life, I'm I'm getting one. Like I I want a heads up display when I'm out and about. Uh, but probably not now when I have to lug around the battery pack in my pocket and a headset. But I don't care what anyone says. Apple innovated again. The thing is amazing. For the first time in my life, Nick, someone in my generation, we, we don't typically consume YouTube like younger generations. I watched, what's his name? MKBHD's like 30 minute breakdown. It, it's amazing. I was just like, holy shit. A, this, this kid's really good at reviewing tech. And B, this thing's awesome. Anyways, to, to, to make the point, how are you putting out innovative tech like that and then you go, oh, yeah, we're going to spend $200 million on a movie post-pandemic. That's a good idea. A new, like a new IP. Like, what are we doing here, Apple? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Big question mark there for sure. <laughs> uh, see, Sir Dork liked it. He saw Argyle. It's wacky, but he had a great time. That, that's, that's, hey, that's, my, that's the summary of how I felt. I, I would watch it again. I know eventually it's going to come to Apple TV+. Plus. Maybe that's why Apple's not so concerned because they're like, well, we're still going to get the sub assholes and some money from them to watch it. But 200 mil to drop something in theaters and you only, I think they made like 30 million throughout the opening weekend. Not good. Not good. All yeah, right. no, it's, I think it made 36 worldwide. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a flop. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, if you got TV plus, it'll probably be there in two months or so. Cause I know what's it, what's it killer of the flowers moon just hit a few weeks ago. I saw that, which means yeah. Napoleon well, should be it. dropping soon, which is good. Yeah, the Killers of Flower Moon, I don't know if I can do it. Honestly, like, I I know it's Scorsese and I know it's DiCaprio. I'm just, I have no interest in watching that movie. Listen. It doesn't look entertaining. It doesn't look any like anything that I'm interested in watching for as long as a, a, a Scorsese film goes. Like, it, it, Well, I, you're right. Dude, it's three hours. And the subject matter is something I don't, enjoy watching as a a white american i I, you guys say whatever you want you already know i'm woke as fuck i have never ever in my entire life liked watching anything about slavery the mistreatment of of anyone but the native american i hate i hate it all i don't like reliving it through documentaries history shit or Movies from Scorsese. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if it's just like me putting my head in, my, in the sand or what, but I, I don't like seeing how minorities were treated. And it's not like they're treated much better these days, but it, that, that shit just, it, 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 it bums me out. It bums me out. All right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Not- like Bango saying, it looks bleak as shit. You know, you know exactly what Killers of the Flower Moon's about. It's going to be like, oh, we gave these Native Americans land. They found oil on it. And then the white people are like, oh, fuck them. Let's go kill them all and take their money. Like that. Yeah. That's pretty much the movie. I can, I can guarantee it. <laughs> and it's like, and the thing is, is like, I, I learned about this in school and it was like, it was hard to learn about in school because it just shows like, 
essentially what our country is founded on. Yeah, puke and, shit. And, like, and it's still not better. And we we have people now that don't think any of this existed or it should have existed because God told them to. So, so it's like, yay. I, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> what Martin Scorsese has done for film. And, and you know, like I, I like a lot of his movies. But not this not my genre, just, man. Just ain't. Yeah. Not for me. Like, I, I think the last... Uh, you know, civil war with like some slavery stuff incorporated. I watched would have been glory from way, way, way back in the day, like young Morgan Freeman and, and, and that type of stuff. I just, uh, no, I, I never watched 12 years of slave. Didn't watch yeah, didn't Will Smith's that, emancipation because he's a piece of shit for punching people. But no, I just, that's me. It's how, hey, say what you want. I, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. All right. Speaking of stuff that can bum you out. Last Thursday, and I, listen, I don't, I don't get all bum. I hate. I, I'm like super Pittsburgh today. I don't get all down when celebrities die. I really don't. They're 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 fucking people. Okay, just just like you and me, they're people. People die. I'm also someone that doesn't really do well with emotions, or may not even have real emotions. So. Whenever I talk about this stuff, you're probably like, wow, that guy's dark. Well, that's just, that's just how it is. I, when people are like, oh, someone died. I'm like, oh. I, I kind of put on a mask and pretend like I have feelings and emotions like, oh, you know, but in the back of my head, I'm always like, well, yeah, that's what we do. We, we die. We don't know when we're going to do it. We just die. We're bags of meat that eventually our batteries run out or something else happens. But I will say when I heard this, it, yeah, I was like, oh man. Not Carl, not Carl Weathers. And, you know, at first it, it went to like, oh, great. What are the weirdos going to start saying? You know, like, oh, the vaccines killed them. You know, you know how it is these days, Nick. I mean, anyone that dies, if they're if they're not if they don't already have cancer and laying in a deathbed, it, it's a, a vaccine killed them, at least here in America. That's that's kind of the general consensus. <laughs> a, any any condition you have now or die from in the States is because of vaccines. Uh, so once I, I, I realized, like, okay, they're not starting this type of shit, and he died of natural causes, apparently, at 76. I mean, my God, look how good that guy looked for 76. I, did you know he was 76? I, I sure didn't, shit didn't. dude. I mean, <laughs> if you if you kind of just look back in his history, you're like, man, he he was, I mean, because obviously he was in the original Rocky movie, you know? It's like he he used to play football for the Oakland Raiders. He got He got drafted into the NFL, like... So he's been around for a while, but like he just looks so like he looked much younger than what he was. And I guess like that was why it was so surprising is because you see his presence. You know, we got to see him in person at Celebration 2019, which was only awesome. five years ago. Awesome. Like and he was just he was this larger than life personality. And like he took on this this persona that he was known for from his like famous movie roles and you just looked at him as like man this guy is just like he's energetic he's got it all and like but you know like ultimately we don't like they haven't come out and said what the cause of death was he died in his sleep um best way to go i mean that just goes to show you carl led life right if you die in your sleep i don't really know if you can ask for a better way to kick the bucket can you i mean is there a better way it seems like it would be very peaceful. Thank you, Bam, uh, for uh, BMAT for yeah. the super chat. Love you, buddy. Good, uh, good to have you defi- back this week, BMAT. Yes. Yeah, I mean, hey, if we could all sign up for how we want to die, that I would take that. 
I'd be like, yeah, just go to bed one day and you're toast. You don't have to deal with any of the nonsense because I don't know about you, man, but if stuff gets dark for me, I want to find a state where they can kind of take me out like an animal. Cause <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to be hooked up just for fun. Like, like run me over something like that. I always had just a, have a, an idea have a of DNR. Yeah. Have a DNR. <laughs> Not even that. Like I, I just, let's say I get diagnosed with dementia. Like the moment I'm my, my screws are completely loose. Take me somewhere, inject me with something and let me die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to go to, uh, I think, in like the Scandinavian countries like Denmark and Norway and <laughs> I like, places like that have why not people should be allowed to help themselves move on you know I mean yeah. fuck it anyways back to Carl here so uh, had no clue how old he was I didn't know he played football that was something I, I learned through a lot of the obits that were coming out and, you know obviously like you or like most of you are people my age, I, I first came to know of Carl and Rocky. Uh, you're watching that stuff with my dad. You, you, you know, you had uh, Apollo in, in the first two Rockies. He's kind of the adversary. And then by 3-4, he becomes the trainer and friend and obviously gets taken out by Drago. And it, it, the, the character, because of Carl, became so big, Nick, that it spawned its own trilogy many decades later in in creed so obviously made the impact there uh, how can we ever forget his turn in predator every one of us at least us meatheads we all know when we've all said it and we've all done the you son of a bitch greeting handshake right when when he meets dutch there down <laughs> in the jungle and as a first time in an Arnold movie, I was like, holy shit, there's another dude in there with just his big arms. Yeah, like, yeah, Apollo. And then, hell, the way I celebrated him this past weekend was uh, his comedic turn in Happy Gilmore's Chubbs. Oh, dude, fucking love. And, love and, and I didn't even think about it, Nick, but, you know, Chubbs dies in the movie, and there's a scene of Chubbs in heaven. I was like, yeah. I picked the perfect movie to watch this weekend and it really wasn't because of the passing of carl just all kind of worked out the kid wanted to watch it again and i was like hey why not it's pg-13 you're almost eight you're getting close enough yeah getting there uh but really the reason we're talking about him today is because of what he did in the star wars universe and if if you all really think about it the, the character of grief karga is i mean he's a main character He's been a main character since The Mandalorian Season 1. He makes The Mandalorian better. He makes Din Djarin better. Any scene that Grief was in was a better scene than those with him not in him. Yeah. He, he just, Carl just absolutely nailed that character. A, a the, you know, the leader of the Bounty Hunter Guild, then the magistrate of Navarro, that, that kind of grandiose pop and circumstance, the, the cloaks, the capes. Uh, you know, the gunplay, he just, grief was such a fantastic character and it's a shame that we're not going to get to experience him any further. And, and like we saw here in the chat, I, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was B mad. Yeah. B mad in his, his super chat there. I, I'm in agreement. I, I hope we get some sort of dedicated memorial, something for grief in universe at some point in time because while he was only in mando s1 s2 and s3 he made an impact on star wars fans i mean there's no one out there that's a fanboy or fangirl like us 
is not going to remember the character of of grief. He really was a an instrumental um, cast member in the Mandalorian franchise. So, Carl, Chubbs, Apollo, grief. We speak your name. May the force be with you. All right. It will be missed. Will yeah, be no, missed. I mean, just just killer man, the high magistrate. But yeah, everyone, if you haven't done it, go ahead and throw in Happy Gilmore. Get a little, a good get a little Chubbs action. It really is, man. It's like I wish Adam would go back to to those movies. I mean, a lot of his movies yeah. are still kind of slappy like that. But Billy Madison and, and Happy Gilmore are still oh, two yeah. of the greatest comedies ever. <laughs> Dude, I, I, yeah, I mean, both of those movies are just like you can put on any time and watch Mister. them, and it's just so good. Yeah, when the so air like, conditioner, Mister, yeah. Mister, Vita. <laughs> Oh, all right. The fight with Bob Barker. The, the Bob Barker fight was crazy. It was so fun. Yeah. I mean, like that whole movie is just nuts and really fun. And so is Billy Madison. I mean, like, yeah, his like the stuff that he did kind of right out of SNL. And, you know, like once he once he made his own production company, he was just on fire for like five years. Happy years Madison, ago. man. Yeah, named it after both of those. Oh boy! And while we're on a tangent, I, I I forget the name of the movie, but it's it's David Spade and this this comedian, like this comedian girl, and what is it? It's like Miss Wrong or something like that. It's on oh, Netflix. The Wrong Missy. The Wrong. Oh my God! It's <laughs> also really funny. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that because it's been a few years. That that movie is like holy shit, and it's because of that that girl just delivers the comedy left and right. Like she just is so her comedic timing is so good. And, and what's funny, Spade kind of plays the straight man, so the the whole movie is this this Missy character. Anyways, we're we're off tangent. Uh, Carl, we love you, buddy. All right, Nick, moving on here to the promise quote from Stellan Skarsgård. Just in case those of you don't know who we're talking about, that is. Our dude, the grandfather of the rebellion. Screw you, Bale. Screw you, Saul. Eat a nut, mon. We're talking about Luthen, right? Luthen Rael, played by yep. Stellan Skarsgård, who's about to return as Vladimir Harkonnen in Dune Part Two. Can't wait for that. That's coming up in less than a month, March one. Uh, but Nicky, you know, he's obviously out doing his his um, press tour for that stuff. So whenever you're in Star Wars, if you're promoting another movie, you're going to be asked about Star Wars. So obviously Gizmodo or io9 hit him up, kind of asked him about Andor and Andor season two. When are we going to get it and all that? You, you know, we know it's not coming out to 2025 at this point because of uh, the strikes and whatnot. We just heard a week or two ago, Diego was had like seven days left to film. In this article, Stellan talks about how he has wrapped. And, and really, it, it's kind of a, a nothing burger, but I did want Nick to at least hear the quote and see where he wants to take it because it is absolutely magnificent. It's, it's everything Tony would ever want. So, like I said, Stalin's talking to io9, and they're, they're kind of saying, hey, you can't really talk much about Andor, which is coming out in 2025. But he did tell us this when asked how he felt about where his character ended up. So this is this is Stalin speaking to Luthen's ultimate fate. Clearly, you're not going to get any answers here, but the tone of the reply is spot on. Like, it is Lord <laughs> Gilroy correct. So here's what he had to say. I'm satisfied where it goes. Yeah, 
it's such good writing and it's Tony Gilroy. I really like to say his lines. Oh boy, <laughs> someone just got a raise, right, Nick? Like, come on, that is the most perfect thing you could say in a Tony Gilroy show ran production. I know, right? I mean, this guy, don't <laughs> like we everybody knows how we feel about Tony. He's he's the best to ever do it. 100%. He, he, I mean, like, it's unquestionable. Just we started his, Lord his Gilroy, like, quality. that's from us. We are the originators of Lord Gilroy. Indeed. All hail. So uh, to hear this is nothing surprising, honestly. We all know <laughs> that he is the greatest writer who has ever lived. I mean, just look at his accomplishments and his awards that he's <laughs> received. I mean, there's just there's there's no question that he is the, the, the best of the best. Um, and this, you know, Stellan coming out and just telling us what we already know. <laughs> I, I couldn't <laughs> believe when I read this, dude, I was just like. That is amazing. Now, do you think it's do you think it's genuine or do you think that these people are like us and they just know Tony? I mean, I it's so funny because I really want to say like some of this has to be tongue in cheek because it's just so obviously. I really like to say his lines. I mean, it's I've never (laughs) seen people work like there's there's like there's you hear this sometimes about other writers but it like i've never heard it so much after about one guy from one show it's just so funny to me i i love that, it i love it. i mean if we look at if you look at his imdb he's got 50 nominations four wins his own his oscar nominations are from 2008 for the movie michael clayton which uh, he wrote and directed. Remember, he did Nick, not win. Tony picks and chooses his projects. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, he, he, he got that nomination. He's like, look, I'm awesome. I'm going to take a few years off, like a yeah. decade or so. Then, then he, you know, he went into hiding, but he does have, he does have some award wins. Let me read out his wins here. Uh, Ed, he, he won an Edgar Allan Poe award uh, for best motion picture screenplay for, hey, for Michael Clayton in 2008. Look at that. Nailed it. Michael Clayton is definitely his claim to fame. The Academy should Wars. be fired for not giving him the Oscar. I mean, if Edgar Allan Poe, a dead man, can give him an award, then all of the living people at the yeah, Academy and, and, and should and also And what the hell is it. the Hollywood Foreign Press doing, not giving him the Golden yeah. Globe? I mean, come on. Uh, his next win, 2015 Independent Spirit Award. For the movie Nightcrawler that starred... Okay. Was that Gyllenhaal? Uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so that that's another one from him. Independent Film uh, Spirit Award. And then his next one, he won a Peabody Award for Andor. And then he won an... <laughs> he won an AARP Movies Award also for Michael Clayton. What so, the hell is that? Like, was was he AARP when that movie came out, or they I, they have their own <laughs> awards show? <laughs> I, I, it, it's literally it literally says AARP Movies for Grown Ups Award. <laughs> that's what that's what it's called. So it's a bunch so, of old retired people sit around and, and they're like, yes, you you're old, retired, you can watch this movie. Yeah. So I mean, he's on fire. The oh, guy is Bango, really Bango's saying. To be fair, Michael Clayton is damn good. So hey. Of course. Of course, Bango. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Lord Gilroy. I mean, what, what are you insinuating? You think yeah, we're making a, fun of the man? No. 
it's a multi-time award winner. So, I mean, for sure, this is a, uh, you know, it's a great movie. I haven't seen it, but clearly that, that was like his claim to fame. And I would say, I will say that his other claim to fame is that he, uh, was a writer on the Bourne series and, you know, unironically, I do enjoy the Bourne series. Um, the one that he actually, um, directed himself wasn't the strongest of the Bourne franchise. That was the one that they tried to spin off with Jeremy Renner as the lead role. Um, but Yo, you know, hold on. We got news. Sir Dork somehow is in the AARP. Oh my gosh. What does it stand for? Isn't it like the association? American Association of Retired, Retired People. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Here I mean, Bango. Bang, I don't Bango's see Scorsese right. winning AARP awards. Exactly. Right. Can't argue with that, man. You, you notice we don't call him Lord Marty or Lord Scorsese, do we? No. Because yeah. he is not even in the same league That's as right. Tony. A- anyways, it kind of like puts some seriousness to this and some Star Wars. Luthen's dead, right? I mean, that's where he ends up. And hopefully yeah, it's a sacrificial death to either spring Cassian onto his last mission or, or, or saving Mon or something, right? I mean, Luthen's death has to be important. Yeah. Correct? It can't just be yeah. like I, a, oh, you get shot in the head on the street. Like, it, it's probably going to be a sacrificial action. Yeah, it's it's got to either be like a sacrifice or it is like... It happens right in front of Cassian, you know, like something like, yeah, it, it won't be an unceremonious death. Yeah, for it, sure. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I got it. So it's either, like I said, it's either going to be sacrificial or kind of like an Obi-Wan Kenobi death on the Death Star where it, it, it it's kind of, it, you know, it, it motivates people like, yeah. oh shit, Luthen just got executed for the rebellion. Now it's. Now we're now we really got the fire lit up under our asses. Yeah. So I, I do think that it will be like a point of inspiration or like whether it's a sacrifice or not, it'll become kind of a rallying cry, especially okay. for those that are within rebellion organization. Because I mean, up to this point, everybody who's associated with the rebellion probably has entered it through Luthen in some way or has come in 100%. contact with Luthen in, in, in some way. So, 100%. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, you can go back to the line from the sequel trilogy. It, it will be like the spark that lights the fire of the rebellion probably is is how they'll try to treat his death in, in you know, in some sort of way. So, Nick, do, uh, do you think it comes in the last act? Because I, I think all of us, or at least my dumbass hasn't forgotten it yet, but just to refresh everyone's memory, Andor Season 2 is going to be told in a much different style than Season 1 in terms of the the pacing. Uh, unless mm-hmm. Tony has changed it because of strikes and whatnot, I believe we were going to get four three-episode arcs, right? Something like that? Yeah, that it, like cover like a year or two each. Yeah, and, and in each arc covers at least a a year or something like that and we are going to end up the show is going to end up as we've been told from tony himself and um diego essentially he's leaving for that mission on whatever the hell it's called that that like moon base planet where he kills his con he kills saul's contact essentially yeah 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 so, so, so you think it's going to happen in that act more than likely, or does he perish like a year before even that happens? 
I would assume that it goes like he he'll like go right till the end, or like you know, I mean maybe, yeah. I mean, so Cassian goes off to that mission where we where we meet him in Rogue One. From what we've heard, Nick, that that's almost going to be like walking direct credits leader. like that. Like he's going to be walking yeah. to his U wing, but fans are obviously we're going to know what he's doing. That's all going to be set up. Yeah. So Luthen's probably so, dead before. I, I'm thinking yeah, within the last three episodes. Probably. Yeah, he's dead before that. He's dead within the last. I'll say he like he probably dies within the last arc. Maybe. Excuse me. Like maybe like right at the end of episode two of that three episode arc, and then episode three is kind of like the period of time where the rebe- Like then maybe episode three in that arc is like that's when Mothma steps up, and that's when. You know, uh, uh, Bail Organa comes and plays a more prominent role within, oh, yeah. or yeah. starts to play more prominent role within the rebellion and stuff like I, that. So, I mean, by that yeah. time, we should we should have the the full Rebel Alliance fully massed at, on Yavin Four because yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're when Andor season two is almost over, we're <laughs> we're only a few weeks away from the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, right? I mean, we're we're fucking right there. So. All right, um, good stuff. Love, love you, Stalin. Great quote on Lord Gilroy. <laughs> just, it was amazing. It was, it was yeah. like, I know this is kind of a throwaway, but I think we can do something with this. And of course, we did. All right, hey, what? Uh, real quick before we leave here, Bango suggesting, what if he gets captured in prison deep in the Death? Star? I don't know about the Death Star, but what is there a a potential for him getting captured by the Empire, or is he shot on sight? I don't, because if he gets captured, then it's just an open threat. You know, and exactly. Then you yeah, have no, to I'm with, with you. Like he, Luthen, as important as they made him in Andor, he's got to go. Yeah, got to yeah. go. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, I, I just Luthen gets captured. Andor has to kill him so he doesn't give up information. I'm guessing that that could be, that would be intense. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how the capture goes because then it becomes an infiltration. Like, I, I, I like struggle to figure out how that happens. It's like. He sees him getting captured and he just pops him as they're like dragging him away, maybe, because I don't see a world where it's like he's captured and then they do a full scale infiltration mission right. just to go in and kill him. I would yeah, assume yeah, that, he if would, that he'd be that taken happened. to the um, where are they? The, is it oh, the ISB, right? I was about to say yeah, IBS. I was like, that, that's a shitting problem, bureau. right? IBS um, is immediate. when you, you shit too much. ISB yeah. is the. Security bureau, bureau. Okay, yeah, got security it. bureau. Yeah, got so like it. I assume that like, and you know, they would be hard pressed to infiltrate the ISB. Right. So if they, if it does happen like that, it's got to be like in the act. Like they're like he sees them getting captured, and then Has bingo, to bango, snipe his ass. Yeah, take him out. Yeah, so. yeah. I think the only way it could be an actual infiltrate and pop would be if they're off world and it was on like some remote imperial base that they got captured on maybe then you could you could kind of work up some sort of mission to get in there and take them out but i I, either way that would be very interesting Uh, we shall see where it goes and there's always as um yeah mercy kill thing what bango's saying as always i mean i think a lot of people forget too they were not fully tipping the hat but they 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 definitely kind of opened the door to luthan potentially having some sort of connection to the force jedi i mean the dude had kyber crystals he's got that weird cane this that and the other thing we we, we still don't know what's going on there but either way 
Luthen Rael, one of the best characters ever created because of Tony Gilroy's writing. That's it. It is That's 100%. It. That's yeah. it. He, and all jokes aside, literally the, the, the best monologue in, of, of all time it, in Star Wars. It really was. It was a super good one. I mean, and that goes down to not only the writing, but the actor. Who's yeah, the I, I know. like listen, we we do we like making fun of Tony, but <laughs> but in the end, he he ain't half bad. I mean, he did write a pretty damn good Star Wars show with some some great scenes that we still talk about to this day, and made our top moments. So we can't yeah. we we can't bust his balls too much. All right, dude. Moving on to a silly one here, and and you know this yeah. is the old f around and find out lesson that a lot of people for some reason don't figure out when they're young. Uh, I, I guess I got to thank my parents and thank the Catholic church for, you know, scaring the shit out of me with all the hocus pocus stories they tell you as a young kid. Um, but th- this just popped today and the names in it shouldn't surprise anyone if you're kind of in the know with far right lunacy, but, uh, over in the Hollywood reporter, they're, they're reporting that Gina Carano has sued Disney over her Mandalorian firing firing, and it's being funded by Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, when like I read a, that, I'm just like, can we all just die? Like, if, if there is a God, can you please come down and judge us? Please <laughs> give us the fucking super Palpatine, Sith Eternal Emperor, trash shit, bust out the lightning and fry this place. I mean, here, here's the thing is the whole lawsuit is based around it's a discrimination lawsuit. Torsion. Funny enough. Um, and so let me lay the, the, the groundwork for you here. California is an at will state at will employment state, which means that you can be fired without like a particular reason behind, like, you know, just like anywhere, like you can, can be laid off, you can be fired and they don't have to say like, Hey, this is the, the reason that we're firing you. Like they can just do it. There are some reasons like this, like you can't fire somebody for discriminatory reasons. So that is what she's filing her lawsuit based off of. But what it really comes down to is contract language. And if there is a code of conduct policy within her contract, she's almost assuredly screwed. Like what this, what this really comes down to is if she thought she had grounds to sue, she would have sued what three years, years ago, ago this happened this in happened? 21 is when it happened yeah yeah so like it's because her, her it, career died like she thought she's gonna have some glorious resurrection on on the right yeah. and she has no career yeah that's exactly what she's i was untouchable. gonna say it's like she realized like oh i said all this dumb shit i got fired because i said all this dumb shit and now i can't get a job and i'm running out of money <laughs> yeah. so what her real hope is is like in the in the article, they're like, and she's she's suing to be recast. It's like that's just not going to happen. Because yeah, that'll work. Hey, I'm going to sue you, and then you have to put me back. And then you have, you, to, you have work to hire with me, me again. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so what they would essentially do is like, okay, if that's what comes down is your recast, we're killing your character immediately, and then you can't do anything about it because they've killed your character. So if that's what happens, that's that's what happens. But essentially, what she's doing is she's she's filing this lawsuit in the hopes that Disney just settles out of court and gives her some oh, sum of money. No way. Bob, ain't gonna, Bob is going to lay that <laughs> so, hammer down on this shit. I mean, I, I, I could see a judge tossing this immediately. Like, it, it's going to yeah. go nowhere. I mean, this is the best part. You, you get these 
weirdos over at X saying, as a sign of X Corp's commitment to free speech, we're proud to provide financial support for Gina Carano's lawsuit, empowering her to seek vindication of her free speech rights on X and the ability to work without bullying, harassment, or discrimination. When will these people realize what free speech is and isn't? Yeah, it's like... She's not in fucking jail, okay? That's free speech. Yeah, you know. Do we need a civics lesson? Because they clearly don't teach it anymore, especially in the South. I just don't understand what the discrimination is, like what, like how they are discriminating against her by firing her. It's like if she violated her code of conduct policy, which is almost assuredly in her contract, then as a represent, like when you are a public facing figure, that is a representation of the company that you work for in a public domain, which she was as an actor that worked on a Disney show in a very public forum you are of you are adherent to a code of conduct policy. If you go against that code of conduct policy, you can be fired for that violation. And I think that's just what it's going to come down to is that like there was a code of conduct policy in her uh, contract that she violated with her speech and with her tweets and stuff that she put out on Twitter. So that was the justification for her firing. There was no discrimination. There was no anything else. And dude, that. how many times do you think Lucasfilm, Kathy, John were like, Gina, can you just maybe delete the post? Like, can you just take it down? Can you take it down? How many, I, yeah. I guarantee you she had that option. Guarantee you. It's not like she made that one post and they're like, oh, you're done. It was re- repeated behavior. It was getting more loony. And you know, they'd be like, hey, can you just fucking take it down? And, but she's one of these people, like, hey, my right, my, well then, yes, she exercised her right to not take it down and Disney exercised their right to fucking fire. Like yeah. everyone needs to grow the fuck up. Yeah. Like get, so get over just, this, this mythical shit that you can say whatever the fuck you want and there's zero consequences across the entire universe. It, it, it's not real. Yeah. People get the word free confused. All free speech means in this country is the government can't come and lock you up. That's it. Yeah. Private companies can do whatever the F they want. Yeah. Read your contract, people. Read your contract, especially if you work in an at will state. Read your contract because you can be fired at will. Like you, like yeah, you sign a contract, but that contract no, no, does no. not B-Mat, mean anything. Bmad's wrong here too. I'm gonna read that. Like he, this needs corrected. I agree with Nick. If you work for a company with liberal policies, you will suffer consequences as you speak against those policies. And it's the same for a conservative. No, it's that, that, it's not about. She, she wasn't. That. She wasn't like saying you know anti-democratic shit. She was saying goofy stuff. Like, like being, going through a, a pandemic was the same as being a Jew during the Holocaust. Yeah. That, that has it's nothing like to do a, with liberal conservative. That's just fucking stupid. Yeah. It, it, it's like a lot of like, you, it's, it's not around like the policies or the liberal or. And if you want to get into that stuff, whatever, like, guess it's, what? It's the f- Sorry, Nick. When 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 was, those when those people fuck up, you know what they do? They held their own accountable. I mean, look in the government. Al Franken, one of the greatest senators ever. He apparently touched some girl's butt. His own fucking party kicked them the fuck out. Yeah. The I Republicans mean, have made a dictator of a guy that has ninety-one felony accounts, and he's been convicted on a few of them. Like, yeah. what are we talking I mean, about? 
I mean, it's, 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 it's not about policies. It's not about company beliefs or anything like that. It's, it's that regardless of what you say, if you, if you are doing it and it is shining a bad light on the company, whether you're saying stuff that is left leaning or right leaning, you're going to get consequences for it. So yeah, like, it's just, it, that's just how it is. Like, don't, don't, don't buy and, into the echo chambers, be mad. Like, come on, man. It's, I mean, if you're putting it, like she was saying a lot of like anti-transgender stuff. She was saying a lot of uh, like false equivalencies with Jews in Nazi Germany, like Matt brought up. There was it, like, go back in her history on Twitter and look at a lot of the stuff that she was saying. It wasn't like she's not agreeing with like liberal policies or whatever. Well, I, I think what they're mad, stuff. apparently, Nick, and it's in this article, it, it, I guess in 2017, uh, Pedro compared Trump to Hitler. And yeah, well, guess what? He wasn't working there at that point. Yeah, <laughs> in 2017. Exactly. <laughs> like, that that's yeah, the old so. that's the cancel culture that you know. Well, let's go dig up stuff from years ago and and try to get people in trouble. And, and you know what? Is he is he that much wrong? Probably not. Um, so it, it's all weird. This is stupid. This is just to get her name out there. Elon loves hearing about himself. I finally watched the uh, what the fuck's his name? HBO comedian. He's a comedian, but smart and kind of breaks down horrible shit in a funny way. John, what's his name? Uh, uh, the glasses. John, uh, Oliver. Uh, John Oliver. Yeah, he was just yeah, on. They did like a 30 minute bit on on Elon and it's it's worth watching. It, it's it's scary as hell. Like I, I did not realize how many hooks that guy has into this planet, uh, this country in particular, like hooks that he, he could just be like, hey, hey, U.S. government. No. And yeah. we're all fucked. It's yeah. so, it I is mean, wild, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I mean, here here's what I'll say for anybody. Anybody that, that has a job, just don't use social media. Yeah. Don't post on it. Don't fucking say anything. It, you can have your own opinions and you can voice your own opinions to people. Don't put it out somewhere where somebody that you fucking work with can go find it and then right. use it as a point against you. Like social media is one of the... like. It is an avenue for people who want to put their ideas out there and try to make money off of them and grow following. It's a great avenue for that. But it's also, it gives you the opportunity to shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> more often than not. Like, it just, like, so, so as somebody who literally has built a career off of it, I'm giving you advice. Don't use it in a personal capacity. If you have a brand that you're building, like, all of the toy photographers that listen to this show or that are in our that are in our community it's fantastic for building a following and 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 building partnerships with companies and and all of this other stuff as a person don't use it like just don't do it like if you want to go and follow people and just get updates and shit like that that's the perfect way to use social media as a as an individual yeah but if you're going to go on there on social media and feel like this is the, this is a blank space and empty room for me to shout whatever I want to shout. Just know that it's not just Gina Carano that can get fired. It's your ass that can get fired too. Look at every Karen post that's ever blown oh, up. Oh yeah. They, they lose their careers. Like, they, they like it's, it's not just <laughs> as they should like, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not just these famous people. Like it can happen to anybody. So like, just don't use it. Like just don't use social media in a sense that like I'm putting out my thoughts on it regardless of what people think about it because it can backfire on you. I've yeah. seen it happen to people. Like, I just, dude, I, 
I have not used social media outside of for Star Wars time in probably a decade. Because uh, I, you know, when it first came out, I would have been in my late 20s, early 30s. And I'm, you know, I've, I'm a crazy sports guy. I clearly have very definitive and strong opinions on anything in life. I mean, that's, I think, why some people like listening to our show, because Nick and I both can form an opinion and, you know, we'll dig our heels in. That's entertaining talk. That's, you know, why Howard's so great and other people that have uh, excelled in talky talk platforms. But I, I, I haven't posted anything personally in probably over a, a decade because of that shit right there. Because I used to, you know, I get a steal. You're like, fucking Steelers, I hate you losers, son of a bitch. You should die. You know, that type of dumb stuff. And as Nick said, that, that could all be dragged up at some point in time. I think these yeah. days at most, I'll do like a yearly post on my personal Instagram of myself and my daughter doing something. And, yeah. and that's about like, it. Anything else is just shameless Star Wars time show plugs that <laughs> barely anyone sees anyways. Be mad. We love you, but I know you weren't trying to make it political. I just, you know, I just, I, I wanted to, to, to speak to that. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're done with that oh, type yeah. of stuff. It just, we'll see where this goes. I assume it's going that, nowhere. Yeah. This, this either won't go anywhere or we won't hear about it because they'll have, it, it'll either be dropped or if they do, if they settle outside of court, then whatever. Cause realistically, that's what she's fucking crossing her fingers about. Like she does not want to go to litigation over this. It like, shows you how silly these type of people are though. Like, yeah, I hate this company. It's, They're woke, eat my tits. And then she's like, Oh, can I, can you please hire me again? Like, yeah, ma- make up your li- mind. Literally. Like she's like, I'll show them. Yeah. I'll show them. And then she tries to show them for four years. And then she's like, maybe I can't show them. So maybe I should make them. Or try to make them give me money. Free speech. <laughs> I just, I can't. Like, the, the free speech stuff just drives me nuts sometimes. Like, what, what planet were you raised on where you think you could just say whatever you want and there's zero repercussions? From the yeah. government, but not from private people, citizens, or companies. <sighs> All right. Well, so, guess you'll have go. to well, get now, everybody. Now we're here for our, uh, our right. special topic. Mo- um, moving on. Nick, Nick is correct. We've been doing these. It's been fun, uh, but they're going to go away in about a week or so because we're going to have bad batches to cover all the way through the first week of May. Not lying, Nick. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going, fuck. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to get up on Wednesdays and get back in that routine. I, I know it's nothing I need to do. I know you've told me a million times to just give it up. And I, I wish I could. I, I don't know what it is. Um, we'll see. But uh, we will be covering bad batch predominantly. Uh, this week, next week, and then obviously the 21, uh, Feb 21 and on through, I think May, was it like May 6 or some crap like that. But yeah. before we get into it, you know, why, why, why put the special topics away for good? We'll wait for the 21st. So our topic today is 10 characters needing to make their Bad Batch debut. So... We kind of looked at at the universes out there, and we decided, okay, th- these people would kind of make sense to show up in the final season of Bad Batch. For it could be for a litany of reasons. It, they could have direct ties to the clones. They could have ties to the rebellion movement, so on and so forth. And the way I kind of broke this down, there's there's going to be three categories out of these ten characters. All right, Nick. So we're going to have the least likelies, the more likelies, and then the most likelies. That's how it's going to go. We're, we're going to start with the least and work our way up to the most. Makes sense. Um, because Makes sense. while I, I kind of dig all 10 of these and you could make an argument that 
you could fit them into the Bad Batch narrative. Some, you just have to be like, yeah, no, that, that, that'd either be pure fan service or the logistics just do not make sense in terms of the narrative. All right. So, here we go. Like I said, here we go. starting with the least likelies. And the first one I have up there is Jedi Master Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Bad Batch timeline, we we kind of... He's on know, Tatooine by now, marooned in his yeah. cave. That's what I was going to say. Like, we kind of know what he's up to. He's 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 in sulk mode. He's in cave mode. Right. So Shut off the force, just hanging yeah. out, getting smelly with that Jawa. Yeah. So, while, uh, like, you know, it, like, you kind of haven't, you know, or you may have an expectation if you're, like, an outside observer has like watched the clone wars and stuff like that like oh yeah oh yeah like it would be great if, if he could get involved and stuff it's just so unlikely because of what we were saying you know, like he's already like him and yoda are in hobo hermit mode yeah they're like I, look i initially had yoda i'm like absolutely like yoda is even further of a possibility yeah. than than kenobi because kenobi you could argue like oh maybe they get sent on a mission to tatooine and you know, there's a little mix up and he, he's got to help might not necessarily reveal his force, but they would probably know of General Kenobi from their years in, in the Galactic Republic Army. But Yoda, there's like there's no spin on Yoda. So he, y- spoiler alert, Yoda's not on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Yoda's probably not going to make an appearance here. But yeah, I mean, if if we hadn't had Kenobi already, like the series Kenobi, Ooh, that Cody, establishes, Cody could lead to Kenobi too. Cody could like it could be an interesting thing if like, I mean like we obviously have to figure out the fate of Cody. There's speculation that Cody, he's that a Cody true believer. Is, you know, heard he could, it here, he Star Wars time, true, <laughs> the, the true believer. Who knows? But like if if there was like a like a moment where we're like following Cody along and he's trying to like, you know, like essentially rally the troops, you know, like, Hey, we need fucking all hands on deck here. Maybe that's an opportunity where you could bring Kenobi in, but it would assuredly be like a quick trip to Tatooine where, where Kenobi is like, look, man, I understand. I get it. But like, I just can't, I can't put myself out there. Like that would be, that'd be um, awesome if Kenobi's rejection is what leads to Cody getting caught. That that would yeah. be kind of cool, which means it's not going to happen. So, yeah. excuse me, I, I'm definitely keeping Kenobi least likely. It, it would be pure fan service. I, I do think the the most direct through line that would make sense would be some sort of Cody interaction, but that just seems too far removed from the main Bad Batch narrative, which is why I put him in the least category. Yeah, I mean, the the only way that I could see that happening is if it was, like, at the fucking very end of the show. Well, that'd be like, cool if they stuck with the original Kenobi treatment, because if you remember the guy that first wrote it, we were going to kind of be introduced to Kenobi through Cody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Thanks, Bob, for killing all that stuff. Pow. Okay, up next, we're still in least likely here. We'll see what Nick thinks about this one. Okay. Gro- Grogu. Grogu. There's a point yeah. in time, Nick. I think back even maybe before season one, we we're like, hey, what if the Bad Batch kind of got him out? Now we we now know that isn't a possibility. So Grogu to me, now that we know he is with Kellerin on his way to possibly Naboo, 
I don't know. He's good, least likely, or or should he have been a more or most? I I definitely think that he's a least likely. I think this is a good category for him. Like, I think that the sole focus on Grogu now as a character during this time period, it's like, hide him away to where literally, like, he's impossible to find. Like, that, you know, that would probably be the directive that Kalorin was given. Like, hey... This isn't like a take them home with you thing. This is a nobody can find this child type right. of thing. And Except a random gang of Nicktoes. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we, st- we still definitely need to see the rest and of we, that journey play out. We probably won't because they're turning the shit into a movie. You know, they're not going to do I, another season. They, I might, they might squeeze in one flashback to the film. But the thing about that, that's the type of stuff we may lose with The Mandalorian possibly losing a fourth season. No, you're you're 100% right and like but I don't think the way to tell the rest of that story or even a piece of the rest of that story is through bad batch yeah. because I I I don't think that there is an avenue to like inject some of his story into like what's already going on in this particular show. It would be hard it would be like a really really hard like break for it to happen yeah. that way. Yeah. Similar to Kenobi, the narrative, while, yeah, hey, we're all in the universe, some crazy stuff is happening at this point in time for all these characters, it just doesn't seem like it's going to fit into what the Bad Batch is is aiming to tell over its final season. So, no Grogu, more than likely. Yeah, so. I think we got one uh-huh. more least coming up here, Nick. All right. Hit me with it. Luthen Rael. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, man, I would really love to see Luthen pop up. And I think in position wise, in terms of least, like having him at the, you know, like the closest to the not least kind of makes sense because eventually we're going to have to get into like, you know, or you would think that the Bad Batch would like start to flow into the rebellion side of well, things. They, you know, you know? They, they might be a little bit through through Rex when through we Rex come and, and meet them. Yeah, exactly. Like how much of a, it's like what really the question is here is like how much of a bridge do we want to draw between what's happening in the Bad Batch to essentially what happens in Rebels, you know? Because like Rebels is, you know, like this, like the, the building of and the and the growth of the rebellion right. up until the point to where we're familiar with it in the, the original trilogy. And do you really want to start that? Like, do you really want to like use Bad Batch as a as a true bridge to that and bring in somebody like Luthen and be like, hey, you know, we could really use the services of somebody like you, uh, like like you guys in our organization. Almost have it as like a, do you want to be a part yeah, of the rebellion? That that's kind of why I even thought of him for this list. Is like, hey, his his freedom fighting stuff is is probably just kicking off right around now you know he's, he's starting the the mission would the bad batch be someone getting linked up with him eh. hmm. yeah i i don't think so i just don't think that like one they they have a lot of trust issues which they should right. i mean rightfully Sid. so Sid. yeah i mean like just like everything that's fucking gone down like Sid betrayed them, and then obviously everything that went down with uh, Crosshair, which was one of their own, that also betrayed them, and then just everything, you know, just going all the way up to Order 66. Fuck, I mean, like, they, like, for, like for the last 
X amount of years, these people have just been stabbed in the back constantly. Um, and the so other like, thing with Luth and Nick, like he, even all the way up until Andor season one, he has gone out of his way to keep himself secret. So I, I didn't really see him making himself available or known to people like the Batch at this point in yeah. time. He, like he's, he's only very, meeting with the Sauls of the world, the Mons of the world, stuff like that. Yeah. And like his operatives are literally people that like he's okay with them just fucking being thrown away yeah, and dying. Of course. You know, like he and like he's he's not seeking out like heroic figures by any imagine you know, any stretch of the imagination. In fact, he's seeking out people that are mostly under the radar. And guess who's not under the radar? Fucking three clones. Right. in full ass armor that are that are actively being hunted by the empire so i just don't think that they fit the profile of of, of who luthan and fear not there are some of his colleagues that are up in the most likely but we'll get there yeah okay nick i believe we're moving into the more likelies now so okay up next we have maul and the reason he's in more likely hear me out at this point in time, he should be doing his underworld shit. Yes. And we know the Bad Batch, they, they're more or less in the underworld. I mean, they, they were 100% with Sid. And now on their own, they're more than likely still hanging out there, potentially finding gigs if they need credits. Who knows? They could, in season three, just be fully focused on Tantus, which more than likely they are. But... You never know. Throughout a season, they may have to you know, do a mission here or there. I just it would be cool to kind of bring Maul back here before he goes completely rebels nuts. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. how how we we the next time we see him is in rebels and he's literally a little kooky. You know he he's in yeah. his hobo Yoda phase until he gets what he wants from Ezra. But Maul, compared to those three, I, I do believe has a bit more of a a chance. It, it it makes a little more sense if he would pop up in the Bad Batch. Yeah, there's definitely not a good bridge for Maul between the last time that we saw him in Clone Wars Season 7, where he he escapes escapes capture, Mm -hmm. and then where he is in Rebels. Because we know, based off of Solo alone, like the five seconds that he's in Solo, (laughs) exactly. But we have have no, I mean, like there's comic content and stuff like that, yes, but we have no like, like, you know, visual, like, you know, show oriented content around mall in that era. And I do think that there is an opportunity to do that, especially if we get into the angle that we were talking about last week, where, you know, does the bad batch potentially reach out to the more seedy side of star Wars to help them with this Tantus mission? And if they do, do they, you know, run into mall, do they hear of Maul? Do, is, does somebody put him in, put them in contact with him? And, and what can spring from that? Because obviously, you know, we already have one kind of fringe character coming back in with, with Asajj Ventress. So could that lead into like other underworld connections like you were saying? So while still probably not going to happen, definitely a, an avenue exists there that makes sense. I would just like to get him the animated version of his solo digs. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. he kind of had that a little longer flowing tunic. He had his his crimson dawn pimp chain. He looked old because it was old Ray Park. <laughs> so yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I think you're kind of in line with me. While it, he definitely has more potential than a Kenobi, a Rael, or a Grogu, more than likely not going to happen. But as you said, I, I could see if if he does get included, I could see it being an adversarial relationship or a a you know I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine type of deal with the Bad Batch. Yeah, he would just. Yeah. Be, I mean, I love Maul. I mean, he's just he's he's an awesome character, especially when Sammy Boy is is playing him. We all love what yeah. Ray did with the physical stuff, but let's be real. Sam Witwer is the one that has kind of made Maul more than just an animal that can spin a lightsaber. Yeah, he like brought the personality. Oh yeah, and I mean, just, madness. To he's him. awesome. Like he is. Like if you really follow Maul's full journey now, it, it's a pretty damn good character arc for for a star wars character yeah definitely um, even better than anakin sadly <laughs> so <laughs> you know oh rots know. burn oh all right <laughs> sticking with the more likely i think we got th- four more likelies i can't count who knows but i know this next one's definitely a more likely and it is agent callus yeah, I, did Cat? Okay, so here's my question. He would be very, maybe, very young if he is in the Empire during the Bad Batch timeline. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. So he, like, just like a junior officer, or maybe not even a like a lieutenant yet. I mean, maybe like a corporal. Yeah. So for those of you unfamiliar, Agent Callus is one of the primary. I mean, I guess you would say like antagonists turned protagonists later in. Yeah, he, he was an Rebels. ISB guy, yeah. but not in his whites. He he was kind of like an ISB warrior, where I mean, he had a helmet and a like a club to beat people yeah. with. <laughs> he he was like a boots on the ground. Right. ISB he wasn't dressed agent, like like you know? a Deidre from uh, from Andor. Yeah. So. As, yeah, I mean, for for Callus, I, I think that there's an opportunity for him to pop up at least in like a, like I would call it like a cameo, but like in a small yeah. role. Like you know, he's working under this person. You right. know, like he's working under another ISB agent that we get introduced to. You know, exactly. either on Tantus or through other uh, like Imperial connections and stuff like that. Like I do think that. He, he probably wouldn't have a prominent role because like you were saying, it's still early in his Imperial career, I guess you would say. But th- there there is a good possibility that he could show up for like people who are fans of Rebels to be like, look, it's fucking Callus. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. It, it Out of the characters we've talked about so far, Nick, it, it, this he, he definitely has the most potential because a cameo would work perfectly for him. You can't you can't cameo Maul. You can't cameo Kenobi. You can't co- cameo Grogu because you'd be like, what? what? Yeah. But this guy would be perfect. And, and I think your scenario where it's a, a, a senior ISB and, you know, little little agent Callus is, is doing essentially intern shit. That's perfect. Like, I, I mean, that is almost too easy that maybe this should have been a most. If Nick, if Nick yeah. was in the writer's room, this would be a most. But mm-hmm. I think for now we're keeping it a more because as I said, I, there's a great chance the entire narrative is nothing but clones rescuing clones in Tantus. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for this final season with there being such a clear objective, like it's, it's hard to imagine that we're going to have, you know, episodes like Pabu. You know, where it's just like a, it's like a, what? Like, what the fuck the is Kumbaya going on The Kumbaya episode of season yeah. two. I was just going to say, I mean, 
Bad Batch had a very clear formula for the first two seasons, for the most part. I mean, it's like, hey, this is like the mission of the week type of thing. You know, some yeah. it took two weeks to get through the mission. Do you anticipate that being the case still in season three? Or is it much more, hey, this is the overarching mission of getting Omega and our brothers out? I think the urgency is so high that it has you really be. don't have time right. you, to do stuff like and we never say filler here, but th- there truly can't be one of those types of episodes in the f- in the final yeah, season. Like a detour, you know, like a little detour, like one of these fun little, right? Like, oh look, this yeah, is the, cool the, the the two thing. banger from season two where they they're they're you know mining resources, a kid jacks their ship, and then they free child labor, slave yeah, labor. Yeah, like that's not gonna happen. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, we, we, I'm with you. There's no time. There's no time for it. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, one episode be like, hey, Rex, like, yo, we gotta go save Schmecky, and they're like, all right, but that that's still gonna work towards the goal of saving clones to ultimately figure out what's happening on Tantus. Yeah, I mean, anything that like divert, like if there is anything that diverges them from their like, Omega is fucking captured at the cloning facility on Tantus, and so is Crosshair. If anything diverts them from that, it has to be like, like we have to get this guy because he can do this that can get exactly. us into Tantus. Right. Like it, it's yeah, got to be. We need A and B to do C. Exactly. Yeah. All right. What is Kaus? What was his first name? I forget. I think they start calling him by his first name once he uh, he uh, cuts out of the empire and heads over to the rebellion. He also, Alexander. There you go, Alexander Kaus. He also grows the hair out, right? Like he gets a little gets bit a of a, little. a longer mop up there. He keeps the chops though, doesn't he? Does he keep the yeah. chops? He right, keeps the, he keeps his signature uh, button chops for sure. Kaus, he's a great freaking character. He really is. Um, obviously, Rebel's been out forever. I'm not, I'm still not going to say it, but I, I love the dynamic between him and Zeb and kind of how all that plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. All right. As I said, Nick, I believe we're still in more likely at this point in time. So our next character is young Boba Fett. Young Fett is one that we we talked about a little bit last week. Um, the connection, and, and here's what I'll say. I think that the, the possibility of Callus being in is higher than Fett being in. Okay. But I can see... I can see like we were talking about last week, you know, like just the relation, like all of the clone stuff, all of the, you know, the relational uh, or the relationship dynamic that he has with him and Omega and, and you know, with, with, uh, what was her name? Esme, as, as the, the, the scientist there, <laughs> like the, uh, Emery, Emery, Emery. Yeah. With, with, uh, with Emery there as well. Like there does, like it, there does, there is a chance that they can bring him in purely off of like a relationship dynamic and just make it work as a story plot point. I struggle to see, I guess where my thing comes in is like, I don't really see an easy Avenue for him to get in because they would, it would almost have to be like, they would have to reach out to him because he's not going to volunteer his services for this almost assuredly. Like, they would have to be given contact information for him or directed to him by somebody else. And I don't know if, if there's a character that they have at, like a good relationship right now, that would be like, you should talk to the, to, to Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, how about like, I, I'm kind of, I'm also thinking about this angle, Nick. What if, I mean, we, we don't know. 
Boba, you know, by this point in time, he, he's pretty jacked in the head. He watches dad get killed by Mace Windu. Uh, he's been hanging out with Ara Singh and Bosk. I think he's already spent some time in, in prison. <laughs> Remember yeah. Obi-Wan, that's that arc where Obi-Wan changes his face and Boba's locked up. Um, what? But yeah, think about think about Boba's life, though. He spent his first 10 years on Kamino. Yeah. Like living yeah. there. Nick, could you see the possibility like he he gets the news or or he finally finds out what happened to Kamino and all the clone? Does Boba Fett have any attachment to his clone brothers? Do you think? I I don't think so. I don't think so. Because while he was there and like witnessed the, you know, the the growing of the army and 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 everything like that. He wasn't like Omega and actually spent time with them. Yeah, like, I don't know if he identifies with them, you know? Like, I know that later in life, at least in the old EU, he definitely did kind of have more of an appreciation for the clones and how they related to him. But thus far in the narrative that we've been provided about Boba Fett, it doesn't seem like he... He sees himself as a part of that right. that dynasty, the brotherhood. you know, and because um, I just think like, oh, hey, my know. home got destroyed. The all the all my dad's progeny, clone progeny, yeah. got killed, or or somehow he maybe I don't know. Again, they're they're not going to be blasting this across the news because the, the the empire has already swept this under the rug and blamed it on Rampart. Yeah, but, but you wonder like if he somehow finds out that hey, there there was another clone just like you on Camino at some point, would that motivate this aged Boba Fett? Yeah, I just don't think he cares. I'm I'm and with like, you. I I, I agree. Yeah. It, but it, but the guy they turned him into in the book of Boba Fett, you would think a guy that old who has always wanted family, maybe when he finds out that hey, there is still family, that could motivate him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess like the thing is twin really... sister, man. They're like the Luke and Leia of clones. <laughs> of <you> clones. <laughs> um, I guess the thing that I'm struggling with is like he actively takes employment from the Empire know, after know, this. And it's like reconciling. And, and it's like maybe that's just like you just cut it up to being like, well, you know, where there's a check, there's a check, you know. And he's like, if you pay me to do it, I'll do it. And then when the Empire comes to him and he's like, if you pay me to do it, I'll do it. Like like a true like a true definition of like I don't give a fuck what the job is as long as there's credits involved I will take it and that's kind of at the stage of his life where he is now where like he isn't a famous bounty hunter yet right. he he's trying to build that rep. reputation there you go. Yep. so I don't think that he would do it purely based off of like well this is somewhat my sister right. so I'm gonna help it'll be like I'll do it for the money and for the, you know, the fame that I, that comes from it. But I also think that if he does that and he does get a level of fame from it, it would almost disqualify him from ever working with the empire again. Cause they'd be like, that's the fucking guy that helped them break into Tannis, shoot him in the head. Well, luckily like, at this age, he's still not wearing the, the Mandalorian armor. He, he had like yeah. a, a specific helmet and, and get up. I don't, I, yeah, I have him helmetless it. in the screen where we're sharing on the stream, by the way, the stream youtube.com slash star Wars time show. If you want to ever join out, we typically get it set up so you can notify yourself, subscribe, turn all that fun stuff on. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is like the, the fan in me really wants these two to link up. It, it's just, I, I, in my head, I go, why even introduce Omega, the Omega, 
Like why, yeah. why, why even go that route if you're never going to let these two realize that they're twins? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I really don't, like, I know that there is the dynamic that's built in by them both being, clone, like, unaltered clones, but I just, like, here's what I'll say. If they do it well narratively, then I'm all for it, but I just don't see an avenue right. for it to be done well. What, like, if, what if he does take the job? And I yeah. think Johnny Osage brought this up last week. Maybe she's out already and, and he's got her. But as soon as he's in the same vicinity of her, it, it's almost they can feel the connection. It's almost like he he looks at her. He's like, do I know you? Or And she looks at Maybe. him like, hey, do I? I You look like one of us. And they, they have a dialogue. I mean, I, that's probably the, the closest we could get to this happening and it, it making somewhat sense. So. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. I mean, I think that I, I I do think that there is value in a in an Omega and Boba meeting circumstance. Right. Yeah. And I think but I really do think that the value lies more with what you were saying with the older Boba Fett that we got introduced to in book that is like that is more concerned about like or that was more concerned about like his legacy and where he came yeah. from and like who he really is as a person at his core. So I do think that like if Omega doesn't die in this show, which is always the open question with shows that sit in this timeline, then it, then it becomes like, okay, if she survives bad batch, did she survive all the way to Mandoverse? And if she survived to Mandoverse, is there a way that she can be brought into that level of storytelling? And and like introduce her to Boba at that time where he is oh, yeah. more uh, open to 100%. that type of relationship. I'm, I'm pretty sure we were we were spitballing that during the book of Boba Fett. Like, hey, this yeah, this would be yeah. kind of cool. I don't know. It just it seems odd to make that connection between the two and then never pay off on it. But it, it's happened in Star Wars a lot. Think about yeah. Maz Kanata's lightsaber promise from yeah. TFA. So. Literally that that literally says. I'll tell you about right. it another time. I mean, JJ <laughs> like, threw a character was like, don't worry, fans, I got you. And then he, he didn't get us. And then Ryan put that character in TLJ for all of four seconds on a hollow recording. Right. Video right. She's wearing a jetpack, flying around like, Oh shit, there's I'm, I'm fighting. He's like, okay. All yeah. Right. And then that was it. And then that never really came back to it. But yeah, I mean, I do think that there is an avenue for these two characters to meet. I just don't know if this is the right place right. for it to happen, but all we'll right. see. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll have to save this for for next week, but the tease will be, I think, one of our predictions, or maybe it will be a one, because we always do once in predictions. Uh, Omega's fate is going to have to be tackled. It's an interesting question. Does she die too? It, it, I think that'd be super impactful if we lose Omega. But yeah, it is it is Star Wars. So that's why I was like, I think Bang Bango. Right as soon as the show started, he was like, I really want to see us go like 500 years in the future and just tell all new stories. And I was like, 100 percent, brother. Yeah, well, like that is it. That Like James Mangold's going 25 thou. So yeah, hopefully so that going, gets off the uh, <laughs> off the mat. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, look, look at yeah. Ben, ben saying here, who was recording mass in the middle of that fight in TLJ? It made no sense. It, yeah. It, it, I know. Was she like just like, I don't know if she was just like holding a hollow recorder out and was like. Yeah, but you like see her fly away and the camera <laughs> yeah, just kind of stays there. It's like, okay. Yeah. It, maybe, maybe she's got like a, like a BD1 droid that was like, 
she she could like hop yeah, off right. of her back she, and she's then, like, an turn influencer the... she left her selfie stick on the ground or yeah. you know it was a gopro <laughs> attached to something yeah exactly okay uh, um i'm gonna say this is still a more likely for this next character coming up but i can't remember yes more likely and it's the big guy darth vader all right, Darth Vader. let me let me tee this up a little bit before you kind of you, you start taking a whack at him. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I there was someone out there. I don't know if it was Star Wars Sith or one of these people that Beyond the Dune Sea gets mixed up with. But they put out a, a short essentially going, hey, what, what if Vader does ultimately get called in to take out the Bad Batch and kind of clean clean shit up? And my initial reaction when Bat sent it to me was like, F no, like, no. Vader's not going to be in Bad Batch. He's out dealing with Inquisitors right now. But then I was reminded, I mean, there is a line from Palpatine like, hey, you know, Tantus is the most important thing to me ever. Don't screw it up. We all know how Palpatine uses his tool in Darth Vader. He uses him for his enjoyment, for his whims, whatever. So the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what, if, if, if shit does get hairy... And, and regular forces aren't able to take out these clones, be it Bad Batch, Rex, whoever, the, the ones they saved. I could see Palpy phoning up his, his, his boy. Boy, get your ass home and start killing these clones. But master, I'm, I'm taking care of the Jedi like you told me to. I don't care. I need these clones dead now. Do it. I could see it. I mean, in the comics, he jerks Vader around left and right. Like, hey, go get me uh, yeah. some rice. Hey, go do this. Go do this. Bitch boy, bitch boy, bitch boy. So I, I initially was very anti-Vader coming in to take out the Bad Batch. But the more I thought about it, knowing Palpatine, knowing how important Tantus is to him and knowing how he uses Vader, it truly is his tool to do as he pleases. I could see it happening. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we speculated a little bit about this in the last episode too, because somebody asked us, like, "Hey, could you see? Could you see the five hundred one in Bad Batch season three? And the way that that I think we discussed it was like, really, the only way the five hundred one would come in is if Vader comes in too. And if Vader comes in, then it's all hands on deck for Tannis. You know, like it's it's literally like big red button empire time like fuck we need to call in the the biggest baddest yeah the klaxon starts going off so i do think that given what the expectation is for this season that it is going to be heavily focused on tantus and at one point there is going to be a large scale probably assault or infiltration effort on tantus then it it would make sense that if it, it like shit got hairy and and like and it, it made its way to Palpatine then he's like he would tell Vader like hey you got to get there and you got to get there now well, well like, Nick what if our our theory plays out and, and Emery gets off the order 99 yeah and, I, I think and, that and that's it's just a, it's going nuts there on Tantus it's about to be lost that's that's when he comes in and more or less by himself probably puts down the the clone riot yeah, I think that that's a that is definitely a possibility. I think that that is a big opportunity to use Vader in a really good way that makes sense with how uh, how the Vader Palpatine relationship is like you laid out. So I do think that like there is you it, it would all it, like it would be the same as the Rogue One ending, you know, where it's like you know he's there and then. 
he comes in to essentially clean house. Like, okay, like every other, like everything else has failed up to this point. Like they're going to get away. Yeah. But like psh, you open the blast door and Vader's there. So. And, and okay. <laughs> does, does he confront all of our guys? Like, I mean, like dude, that Hunter, would be the way to wipe them Wrecker, out. Crosshair, Tech. Because I think the, Tech's the, still alive. I'm not Tech. Echo. Sorry. Echo. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know they're bringing Tech back, and it, it just it, kills dude, me. But they, you know it's gonna do. happen, dude. You know it's gonna dude, happen. Uh, one quick tangent, and this made me so mad. Okay. Because John Carlo essentially said, "Yeah, like I'm still alive. Moff Gideon's still alive, bitch." Like. He he literally in an in an interview that he just did like last week. Was it at was he, he was at like, MegaCon or something? I think he was. I think it was. It was an interview at MegaCon, and he was like, <laughs> "You know what? There's a possibility that 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 Gideon that you saw could have been a clone that got killed." Well, we and knew, I was we like, knew I that. Can't. We knew that. I Jean know. Carlo. But it's it's still like I can't fucking believe it. He dude. is the like, worst. <laughs> he really is. Like, yeah. he, he just drops shit left and right. I mean, he's he a guy can't that keep his mouth shut. Yeah, he, he more or less teased the Shadow <laughs> Council a year or two before season three even came out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, just you can't zip it for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh my god. But it would. I mean, it, it would be a big moment for the batch. It, it would yeah. give them a glorious death. And it yeah. would be cool to kind of see them working together and, and, you know, getting a few shots in on Vader, maybe maybe popping a hand off or, you know, shorten out one of his electro legs. But he, I mean, he clearly I mean, is going to mop the floor. And here's the thing is like this would be a super interesting time to see Vader fight like a against a trained military unit, because this is still relatively early in time when he's still getting used to his suit. He's still getting used to lightsaber combat as the constant as, pain, the constant yeah, like anger, everything. fear. Every, yeah. So, so like what you were saying would make this fight between the batch invader really interesting because they can get some shots in on him. Like they could really give him a run for his money because he's not used to this body yet. And he's not used to his limitations and what he can do. And like having three, at, at minimum, three dynamic fighters around him could give him some trouble, but ultimately, like, he would prevail. Right. But I think that that would be, if they're going to kill him, like, this would be the best way it for, be, for be them to Yeah, if, the, if it's not just a straight sacrifice, like, oh, I'm going to blow up so you can get out, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a shield so you can move on. I, I think I've come full circle to, yeah, let, let's bring in the Dark Lord of the Sith and take care of business. It, it would be a hell of a moment. The only other thing that they were kind of bringing up that would be interesting is, you know, what if what if Rex is with them when Vader shows up? Because this would essentially be their first time meeting since he became Vader. And he, he probably wouldn't know he's Anakin, but it, it would be a cool fan service yeah. type of moment. But also, like... That would be a cool thing because because Vader would know. Oh, Vader would know Vader, Rex a hundred percent. Yeah, Vader would be like, and just to see like, like how would, he yeah responds. Would, would he would he call out Rex and be like, hey hey Captain blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like so you've betrayed Indeed, me or something like that. You are more powerful than the Emperor has foreseen, and he you know he's like wee wee wee. So that'd be cool, but clearly Rex can't be mixed up in that fight because Rex has no, to live to fight another day. So yeah, he's got to live, and we also don't know. Like, does do we ever get clarification if Rex knows? 
that he's that I, Vader I don't is think Anakin? So. I don't think he he ever unless Ahsoka tells him after she realizes in Rebels. Yeah, I, I don't think he he knows or I, I don't think there's a story in which the fans watched Rex realize what happened. Yeah. So I think that that like that alone would prevent it, because if he does, if he is there and there is an interaction between Rex and Vader, then that would inform how Rex is portrayed in other like you know, right. in Rebels so, when we see him. More than likely. Like I I could see it being if Rex does go on the this mission that we're thinking is gonna happen on Tantus, he more or less could be the one that gets everyone out and the Bad Batch is the ones giving him the time to do that. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, you know, we're a super team. We don't need you here too. Yeah, like you, we'll we'll do this part of it. You handle this yeah, part get of Omega, it. Get Omega, get all the guys that are trapped in here being God knows what done to them turned into, you know, Dark Troopers version 0.1. Yeah. All right. I yeah, I know a lot of people want to see the Rex Vader. I I agree. I mean, hell, hell of a fan service moment. I it just as Nick said, I don't think Rex is familiar with the guy when we see him in Rebels. Because even, even yeah, Ahsoka I, doesn't know at that point. Like, she's... Yeah, no, like, essentially, like, the only people that know at that point are just, like, the people who have interacted with him yeah. during the turn, right? You know, it's like... Well, it's, Reva it's now would have known, too. Yeah, Reva. <laughs> yeah. Reva knew, too. Yeah, so... All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, Bat. See, I can change my mind. And in uh, Beyond the Dune Seas, if you're listening, look at that. I, I can play. At first, I was, you know, I, we used to, I used to do this to the intern all, all the time, and he hated me for it. Because anytime he'd bring up an idea, I'd be like, no, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but then I eventually, you know, I was like, hey, he was right. Finn was force sensitive. Good for him. I never thought he was, but clearly he was by the time we get the tross. But I, I, I tend to do that sometimes. I'm sorry, everyone. That's just the old Star Wars narcissism rearing its ugly head. Um, but I've come around to the Vader stuff, kept him in the more likely. It didn't move him in the most, but I, I, I've come around to it. Yeah. All right. I do believe, Nick, we are crossing over into most likelies at this point in time. Let's do it. Sure enough, we are. And the first one is Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Yeah. I mean, I think that her being included in this show, especially towards the end of it, where Really, the expectation for me is like you begin to kind of see the the seeds of the rebellion stuff start to play out. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes sense for her to be involved, especially like if we're if we're peeking in on the Imperial Senate. Right. Even even if it's a Senate scene where she's bitching about oh the travesty on Christophus or something like that. Yeah. It does. It doesn't even have to be an interaction with the bad bad. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying in in the season. Yeah, I think that like it's it's unlikely that she would interact with the batch, Correct. but like her her inclusion in the season, I think is 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 highly likely because of where we are in the timeline and everything that's going on with you know the formation, like the 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 seeds of the rebellion and all of the things that are happening with the Imperial Senate that will flow into Andor and 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 further into that, and then like obviously she's uh you know a key component of everything that is going to happen in, in rebels and, and further to come. So I do think that at least a drop of her in this would, would make yeah, sense. And, and we've, we've seen the Senate before in bad batch, a whole episode or two episodes was dedicated to a Senator last season. 
so it would make sense to kind of let, let's check back in with the Senate. What, what's the what's the tone? What's the mood in there now? Is it still, you know, yay, empire, yay, empire, we're awesome. Or are we starting to get a little more dissent in that chamber? Uh, plus, this would be an awesome place. What, what if there's just a, a cameo that only freaks would know like us? Where we see her talking to a guy in a green poncho, right? L- Luthen's Luthen's out yeah, and about yeah. kit. You, you, we don't even hear the conversation. We just see him kind of like talk to her, and she looks back at him as they walk away, and we're like, "Oh, there he is, Luthen." Yeah. yeah, you could you could do that for sure. That, I mean, she would she would be, be the vehicle for for Mister Rael. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it would it would almost make you know it would make more sense if he's involved through her involvement. Yeah. So yeah, maybe so. I mean, maybe you like, maybe you see her like goes to know, his antiquity store. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> like goes, goes into the antique shop for the first time or something like that. Like, you know, seeing that just like, just that, like just oh, her, man. like riding in a car and then getting out and walking into this antique shop and then being greeted by, Luthen in his oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah. He's know, got like, his little hand. He's doing his little his little hand motions. You know that that yes. he practiced mm-hmm. on his ship. Guy, I love that guy. Oh yeah, no, I think oh, no, yeah that that would be awesome, man. Jennifer, Brad, Dave, we're here if you need us. Hey there, buddy. Lemonade apples. Lemonade apples. Wow, looks good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Back from a swim at the YMCA. That's how we roll these days. We've uh, rejoined the gym, even though I still have home gym. Nice. All right. Her Another most likely time. coming up, Nick. Kind of in the same vein as, as Mon. Any guesses? Kind of in the same vein as Mon. Let's see. Is it Mr. Organa? Look at this Mr. guy. Mr. Bale Look Organa? at this guy. He knows himself <laughs> some Star Wars. That's right. Bale Organa. He, just like Mon, and even more so than Mon, because, you know, Bale has always been a little more on the streets type of yeah. guy than, than Mon ever was. You know, he, he, he got himself dirty. We saw he, he visited Kenobi in the cave. Uh, you, you never know what, what Bale is up to. So yeah. even more than Mon, I could see Bale even directly interacting with the Batch to, to get some intel or maybe to send them on a mission that's going to give them intel they need. Yeah, I mean, he is just much more likely to, like, put himself out there. Like, he is, he's much more of a, like, of a face-to-face kind of like, hey, we're going to we're gonna go here, we're going to meet, we're going to talk. Almost like a consigliere if we're talking about this in terms of, like, <laughs> of, like, the mob or something like that. He seems to be a point of contact for a lot of uh, I assets out there that could be useful to the rebellion like just keeping contact with different factions of people keeping relationships up and 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 like acting as that intermediary Mm -hmm. so i do think that uh like organa making his way into this season makes a ton of sense especially when you're getting into like the logistical side of things and like, Hey, who, like who can we reach out to that can help us with this or at least provide resources with this or, or like link us up with, with people. I think that like bail acts as a very good intermediary, especially when it's, when it comes to like actions that could benefit the rebellion or hurt the empire. Um, so I think that him, 
he makes a ton of sense. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I mean, this guy has been openly rebelling before Order 66 even happened. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the original, like, uh, what was it? Like the group of a thousand senators yeah, or something I, I, like that? You know, it, it's a cut scene from Rots. From from Rots, yeah. But, you know, he's like, in there. He was meeting with with Mon and, and a few others that I think popped Padme, up and, and, and yeah. or Padme obviously was in there. But, but, yeah. but even beyond that, Nick, day one, Order 66, who's the only senator going to the Jedi he, Temple to see what's yeah, going he's on? He's on the fucking ground <laughs> floor, saves Yoda's life. Saves Yoda, like, saves Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, like, it, Tales of the Jedi saves Ahsoka. You know, when when they're at Padme's funeral, he sees her and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, you got to yeah. go." And and sure enough, some of those Imperial troopers, the, the shock troopers, were on his trail. So he's already documented in canon, in animated canon, even out and about doing rebellious shit. So, like I said, even even more than Mon, he he could have potential especially for a direct interaction with the batch. No. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you there. He's a, he's definitely a good choice for the most likely category. All right. So our last one, last any one. guesses? And this would be a most and uh, in, in the last saved it for last. So probably the, is we think, is it, uh, our, our, our rebellion queen, Ahsoka Tano. That's right. It's our lady in orange. Our beautiful babe, Ahsoka. And and listen, man, I, I she to me has the most narrative sense to be featured. Not not predominantly, it could be a cameo, but she at this point in time, we think, because you know, Tales of the Jedi still has me a little fucked up on her timeline. But but I would think at this point in time, uh -oh. she is uh -oh. I don't know if I dropped or if Matt dropped or what dropped or Oh no. We look There I goes Nick. Okay, am I am I back? I got you. You got me. I got you. I don't right, know cool. what happened. I, like you, you just, my, you did the old, uh, and they, they got you in the chat. They're like, Oh, Carbonite Nick. He's here. Yep. 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 All right. But okay. I think we're back. Yeah, we're so. good. It, it wasn't <laughs> Ben, Ben Ray or Rye. He got it. Carbonite Nick. That's right. Nailed it. But <laughs> ben, um, Ben's been around long enough to know our, our technical difficulties. So anyways, we, we were talking about Ahsoka and right when you bombed out, it's like, I, I'm still not sure of her timeline because of the tales of the Jedi. She ends up kind of, yeah doing a, a Yoda and a Kenobi and, and marooning herself in this farm village. And then obviously when the Inquisitor shows up, she's like, okay, it's time to get back to it. And I believe Bale himself picks her up. But the reason, Nick, even more so that she should probably be featured is her ties to Rex. Like exactly. The, these two have been, you know, bonded since Order 66, even before that, but really bonded after Order 66, we know they, they stay in touch all the way up until Star Wars Rebels because she's the one's like, hey, we, we need to go talk to my friend. So not only does she know where Rex was living, she also knew that Rex was with Wolf and Gregor. So yeah. it just makes sense that Ahsoka gets a cameo, at least. Yeah, I 100% I, I agree on this. I think that there's so many ties to what is happening in this show and you know, like tied to Ahsoka through Rex and especially, I mean, like the thing that's big to me is like the, the relationships that she built with not only Rex, but I mean like the 501st and then what, what became the 332nd when they went out uh, for the Siege of Mandalore. And like she always had these deep relationships with these clone characters. Mm -hmm. And since this whole, since we're assuming that this whole final season is really going to be around like 
the effort to liberate not only Omega, but the other clones that are also on Tantus that she would want to be involved here. Like it, it's not only an effort to, to further the efforts of the rebellion, but it is a, it's a way for her to give back to the clones that helped her like really flourish and grow and in, into the character that she's become. So I think that like, if we're going to have like a, a Jedi kind of like pop in here or a force you that, that pops in here, I really think it's going to be. So yeah, I, I don't even, I don't know about you, but I, I don't even see her potentially getting involved. I, I, I see her more again, being an Intel type of person. Yeah. Uh, cause, I mean, cause if she shows up, it's like, okay, now, now we're cheating a little bit. We, we got a force user. Who's pretty damn good. That would kill any of the Vader stuff between her and, and Vader. So I, I, while I want to see Ahsoka Nick, I'm hoping she's more sideline type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause we, I mean, we have to assume that, you know, the first interaction that she's had with Vader is, is going to be in rebels. Yeah. yeah. Where she you know, senses Malachor him and- first. And during like the dog fight, she, she won't fully admit that it's him, but she's like, Oh, I, I've, that yeah, guy's that putting off a, familiar. yeah, an aura I felt before, and then she eventually, as Dave explained, in in whatever Twilight of the Apprentice, she's like, oh, 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 shit. Yeah. So, I I do think that, um, her making an appearance, whether it be through Holocom, whether it's just like a voice cameo with like Ashley just doing voiceover work and it coming through. Uh, you know, like a communicator device, or if they actually go and meet her, you know, like maybe I think that there's an avenue regardless of how for her to make her way yeah, back she, into this. She just makes a more, I think more sense than everyone else on the, on this list, just because of how ingrained she was in, in the clonedom, if you will, like, like Nick said, especially with, with Rex, we know Rex is driving an operation. There's a good chance Ahsoka is also assisting in that if she's not out trying to help force users. So a a, a check-in at home base with uh, the, you know, the former commander general, whatever he wants to call her now does make sense. And yes, it it would have to be Ashley. This is not Rosario's Ahsoka. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Still young Ahsoka here. So trying to, uh, my, my friend sent me for a, he, he knocked me off my game. He sent me a text of a cat, his cat, and his cat has a red rocket. I'm like, dude, oh. what, are you, what are you doing with that shit? Like, don't, don't send me that. He said, happy Valentine's Day. Wow. <laughs> I have demented friends. It should not surprise anyone because mm-hmm. I'm demented myself. So thank you for that friend. I wouldn't even speak their name because they'll probably go to jail. So. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Those are our top 10 characters that we think should be making their Bad Batch debut in the final season. Obviously, some of them, we, 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 we get the message. We understand that it's fan service. It's pipe dream type of stuff. It's headcanon. But I do think all 10 of these, Nick, in some form or fashion, could work come Feb 21 through May 6. No, I, I do think that even... The, you know, the least likely ones, if done properly, can work well yeah. if, you know, if, it do, if it's done properly. I don't know, man. The, the more we talked about the Vader and the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I think that could be, if I can only pick one, that, that may be the one. 
I think that one could yeah. have the biggest narrative punch if done correctly. Yeah, because I mean, if you talk about earned deaths, you know, and that's oh, all yeah. that we that we you know are trying to work towards here in Star Wars, like, hey, let's have somebody die, and then guess what? Stay dead. Right here, um, here lies Clone Force ninety nine. All yeah. died at the hands of the Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> and hey, man, like there's no better no. way to go out than if Vader cuts oh, you yeah. down in a fight. You're going to Valhalla if you do that, boys. That's don't that worry about right. it. So, I do agree with you. I, if I had to pick one in the fashion that we laid it out, it would for sure be because I right. think that it would just work so well as like as like truly like just Palpatine using him as he always does. And then him just delivering on the menacing fucking oh, dark it, it would be fantastic. It'd be fantastic. Like like I said, they'd get a few shots on him. You know, maybe chip the helmet, maybe maybe break a circuit here or there. But he he would ultimately kick the living crap out of him. Yeah, one hundred. I could see one of it like Wrecker instantly is just <laughs> crushed into a can. Like, yeah, I would oh, say I'll like Wrecker the big guy first. <laughs> runs at him just no brain like Wrecker does yeah Vader's just like <laughs> then, done see ya yeah, yeah. oh man and I love Darth Vader like, absolutely love him oh uh, yeah alright well hey look at us We're making some good time this week we are already at our fan segment but I did forget a few things so we'll, 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 we'll get there but we always do a fan segment at the end of the show we got the question of the week and then we've got the top five but this week because I, I kind of blew through it. We want to look at Nick's new tattoo real quick. Oh, yes. If yes, you were yes, here yes. last week, Nick was talking about uh, his idea to go get a, what's it called? A, a, a bop and poke, a stick and poke? It's a stick and poke tattoo. So it is a tattoo that is all done by hand with no machine. And it's basically done by taking a single tattoo needle attaching it to some sort of stick and then just the person uses their hand tribal and just poke 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 all the way down so I got, my, I got my stick and poke tattoo of the uh the death star and now the, as matt has it pulled up the death star and a star destroyer alongside of it um it was such a cool experience. Um, I mean, I think the tattoo for somebody who's literally holding a stick with a single tattoo needle on it came out incredible. It's, I think dude, that the, the line work is insane. Yeah. I mean, like the Death Star looks fucking awesome. The, the, like, Death the Star, Star 2, Destroy. right? Yeah. Death Star 2. Death Star 2. I mean, you can see from the in progress build of it still. And then, I mean, just all of it, like the, the, the line work, I mean, it looks a little weird in this picture because when you get a tattoo, they put something over it called a second skin, which is essentially like a big piece of plastic that sticks to your arm for two days. Yeah, and then you that's not his lube for later on. Yeah, no, it is not. But, um, it was a really cool experience. This is my, how many Star Wars tattoos do I have now? If you consider this one tattoo, even though it is two different pieces, that's one, two, three, four. Uh, so that's my fourth Star Wars tattoo. Um, and yeah, no, it was just a really cool experience. And as you so said, the mo most comfortable, right? It this, was. This it was method. the least. Yeah, it was the least painful tattoo that I've ever had. Um, like I've never like I have a bunch of tattoos. I think I, I think this is my ninth or my tenth tattoo. And this is the least painful out of all of them. Um, and typically 
uh, what you'll see is like the skin on your forearm is a little bit more sensitive. So it can be a little bit more painful, but like absolutely almost no pain at all. There were times where she's tattooing me and I didn't even feel it. Um, so it was, it was a really cool experience. And for those of you out there who are fans of, of tattoos and, uh, you know, that kind of experience, I would definitely recommend a, uh, like, you know, doing a stick and poke tattoo if it's available where you live, if there's a studio that does that type of work where you live, because it really is a cool experience. So, um, yeah, dude, it was, it was really cool to this, that tattoo took right at three hours because they do take more time than a, you know, a, a tattoo that uses a, a tattoo gun. Well, yeah, I, w- I would think so. You I mean, know, those motherfuckers are like, meow. I mean, the line done, meow, meow. This lady's like, cut, 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 cut. Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. I mean, they, 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 listen, I mean, they, Nick, it's a prison tattoo. It, it, it's yeah, awesome. Kind of. I mean, it, it looks better than if someone grabbed like a big pen and stabbed you with it, but it, it's more or less what you got. And it's awesome. So yeah, kudos yeah, to you. Is. I'm still clean because as I said last week, I, I just can't, I can't ever decide on the art. I'm a big weirdo. Although Ben Rye saying here, need a Psy Snoodle special edition tattoo. All right. That, that she would look good right there, Nick. And then the stick and poke. Yeah, she's got those long, skinny legs, the snout, all that fun stuff. All right. So, yeah, there we go. We had to, I forgot about that. Sorry, Nick. But now the fans have seen it. Nick's laid out the challenge. Who is next for the stick and poke? All right. Like I said, we are in the fan segment. We typically have two parts to get through. The first being the question of the week. But because I keep screwing this up, we are going to answer a question from the fans first. Then we will go through what the fans answered for us. So let me go ahead and pop that up real quick, Nick. We did get a question this week Got from Ripick. We always appreciate these. Now, I tried to get it out earlier. didn't seem to help at all. Who cares? But we did get one. Ripick is asking... If you could pitch a Star Wars story to Lucasfilm, any era besides Skywalker drama, what you got? Um, for me, it's not even an era. Like, like, and this is gonna sound kind of fucked up, but like, I really like the idea that Ryan had for his trilogy of like, hey. We're, we're, we're not even going to stay in this galaxy anymore. Like we're going to go somewhere else far removed that has the elements that, you know, every star Wars story has the force, you know, like these, all of these, the, you know, force sensitive people and, 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 you know, like the good versus evil kind of slant to it, but just like with a completely new set of characters that has that are, that are completely removed from this universe that doesn't have the weight of what has come before it on its shoulders and really have a clean slate that allows a good storyteller to tell a good story that sets a new timeline and a new uh, location for a Star Wars story. So like, while I would really love to see an old Republic movie or show or whatever be made, like that does include Revan and all of these iconic uh, old Republic characters. What my fear is, is, is what my fear is now for all star Wars content that it would just be shit on by like everybody that like, there are so many expectations or that timeline that it would ultimately become like the next TLJ where people <laughs> fucking lose their minds because, well, this isn't the Darth Revan that I wanted to see blah, blah, blah. So like, just do something 
that is completely removed. Like almost like Bango said, instead of going 500 years in the future, go 10,000 years in the future. And then that way, fucking Skywalker doesn't matter. Nothing that is going on right now matters. And you have a clean slate to tell a, like a, a, a fresh Star Wars story. All right. Well, young Nick stole three of my answers, so <laughs> I, I guess I'll still spit them out. I I initially went right to the old Republic. I would yeah. love to see the origin story of of the Revan Malik, the Mandalorian Wars. I, I mean, come on, it's just like it, it writes itself. But as you said, that then gives the goofies of the fandom ammo to shit on things as they've been doing ever since the last Jedi or really a lot of them ever since Disney bought the license. So I, I do see your point there. Although man, I just, I, I think the, the lore that they could relate through live action in the old Republic would just be golden to, to Dude, people like us, you know, 100%. See, I totally seeing Revan as, as a Jedi, Malak as a Jedi, seeing their, their fall, the wars between Jedi and Mandalorians. I mean, come on, look, look at the little snippet we got of Mandalorians in action in season three. My God, imagine mixing that with, with armies of Jedi that are okay to fight. They're not the pussies we, we knew in the Galactic. Oh, we don't want to fight. We're Jedi. We, ugh. These, these Jedi were like, yeah, we're going to kick your ass and then we're going to tap into the dark side to kick it even further. That's, I just, I would love it. But Nick is 100% correct. So that's where answer two got stolen. We're like, well, then let's just go way into the future to where, you know, kind of like how we are, we're, we're looking at the old Republic as, oh, there's all that. They'd be looking at the Skywalker sagas like, oh, remember back then, 10,000 years ago, you had these, the chosen one appeared for the first time. You know, it, Nick, it could be the second coming of the chosen one. You know what be. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. You, you still kind of have that anchor to known Star Wars, but it's so far beyond Skywalkers. It's just, it's, it's, it truly is the legend of the Skywalkers. And now we have this, this new group reliving, you know, the balance of the forces out. Is the chosen one going to be born? Is it this person? Isn't that person? So on and so forth. So I'm, 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 I'm with you. We got to get thousands of years away from, from the core line. That's why I didn't even, I guess you could argue maybe some high Republic stuff could be interesting to see not even the hubris of the Jedi, but just their arrogance at that time. Yeah. Wearing yeah. their their gold and white cloaks and their numbers are huge. I mean, they're all over the galaxy being the peacekeepers and the explorers. But uh gun the head, Ripic, it's it's the old republic 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say too like if the fandom wasn't a consideration, it's old republic for me 100% just like you said. Like but I just know and like here's what I know is not only is the, like would the fandom quote unquote like not only would they shit on whatever came out regardless it also like we also know now that like that toxicity affects what happens yeah. at Lucasfilm which is disgusting so, like, like Lucasfilm should punch themselves for the choices they have made yeah based and it's on like, reaction and it just like and that's what really ruins it for me is like I know if they made something in the old republic and these fucking trolls come out inevitably then that's going to affect how they develop like the stories within that moving forward so it's like you don't have the ability to really make a story based off of what 
the creators want to do, they're going to react to the nonsense. And if that wasn't a consideration, then I'm like, just fucking go for it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, really the closest we're going to get to what we want, if it gets off the ground is Mangolds. I mean, it's like year zero type of stuff. So, yeah. I mean like that, that's like, like discovery of the force. Yeah. First force force, Jedi isn't even a term at this point in time. Yeah. There is no such thing. So, yeah. I mean like he's essentially what I would really like to see from his movie is not even like the, like, you can quickly hit on the founding of the force and then the, and then the, the, the coalescence of the Jedi order. But really what would be interesting to see is the schism yeah, between where like, the, where the nut know. job is like, okay, Oh, there's this darker energy, this darker side yeah. of it. It makes me even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Like the force, like the force wars and the schism and you the know, first all of fallen that Jedi, stuff. if you will. Exactly. Exactly. So right. I think that good that question, Rippick. Thank you. And that leads us into our question of the week. We do it every week over on Instagram at Star Wars time. We post it in the stories and in the profile grid. You just have to have that. Algo deliver it to you, which means you got to keep liking all of our content, even if you think it sucks. So this week's question was name a character who needs to be in Bad Batch S3. Didn't get a lot of action, Nick, as expected. Bad Batch seems to be a cancer among the Star Wars fandom, but we love it. We're going to cover it. So who cares? All right. What do you yeah. got? What would what, they have for us? What do we got? So first up here is Burkhead Toys, who's in the chat. I saw him in there earlier. He says, based on other names hinted at this season, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ahsoka. So uh, uh, Burkhead picking out one of our most likely to show their face in Bad Batch characters right off the bat. So good stuff there from Burkhead Toys. Next up, 2797 Studios, one of our loyal followers is always in the chat back there. Um. Bat says, I think it'd be cool to see Vader. Oh, look at that. Another one that was in our most Oh, he, he's the one in my ear with this Vader shit. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he says, the possibility of Rex and Vader crossing paths is intriguing. Hope to push Cody's story forward and find out how Wolf and Rex well, that, that's That's going to happen for sure. The Wolf thing is guaranteed. We got that in the trailer. So Yeah, so we'll get that for sure. Next up, Beyond the Dune Sea. Look at these guys. Not just... Not just Connor, but both of the behind He's uh, beyond the, the Dune Sea guys. Uh, he says, honestly, it's who I'd rather not see. As much as I love Vader and Ahsoka, who are mainstays in this medium, I'm hoping the show has some restraint on both of those fronts. I love Bad Batch because it's felt like a more personal story to this point. And while I think there could be an organic entry point for Vader in this story, I'd rather have the story stay disconnected. Vader has had his closure with the clones at the end of season seven of TCW. I appreciate that Bad Batch has taken a more political approach to the bad guys and getting to see Papa Palps be the emperor rather than Sidious is all we need on that front that in guy. my and opinion. That's why everyone likes Beyond the Dune Sea. He is such highly educated, non, non-swear word takes on Star Wars. So Yeah, so no, yeah, I mean... I appreciate their angle at it. What, for what sure. a man! What a man! Oh, that that, that that's Connor. That's a hundred percent. So good stuff there. Thank you. Beyond the Dune Sea. Uh, next up, Mando Mugshot says, "For me, with the connection with Omega, it's got to be the Alpha too. Boba Fett himself." That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll see if it happens. Uh, next up, K 
Calro Debro says Boba Fett only because technically he's clone Alpha. I honestly thought he'd have been in season one. See, there's other people. Yeah, a lot of people out there wanting to see. Yeah, that's what I mean. I you, get it. you put I get it out it. there. It's like you. How do you not pay off on it? Come on, don't. Yeah. Not another Maz lightsaber story, please. I, I get it for sure. Wait, wait, so I we'll like see. this we'll guy. See. Read this. <laughs> yeah, Harness's lightning says Rick Sanchez, and for those of you who don't know, Rick Sanchez is Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> So if you've seen uh, Rick and Morty, I love people. Uh, Harnesses Lightning wants to see Rick Sanchez in <laughs> Thank Bad you. Batch season Thank three. you, Harnesses. We 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 speak your name. And the final <laughs> one here, Gundam underscore Char says, I want to see Quinlan Voss return in appearance by Boba Fett and in appearance by Boba Fett. I mean, Quinlan, we talked about a little bit just because of the connection that he has with Ventress, who we know yeah, is going to be in it. There, there, so, is, there is potential because those two did some weird shit together. <laughs> like, yeah, they did I didn't some... know Quinlan dipped in the dark side and she essentially had to pull him out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Quinlan making his way in could could definitely make sense. I mean, it would like if they did a whole like side story on Quinlan and fucking Ventress in this show. Ain't Good ha- God, would it be out of place? But it right. would be super. Cool it would be to cool, but <laughs> that that would be one of those filler episodes to most yeah. people. Yeah, like if you're gonna have a detour, like the most interesting detour that you could definitely have is is this is Quinlan and and Ventress and Quinlan essentially being like, "How the fuck are you alive?" Like, um, it would be cool. But- I mean, I, I do hope they they honor her resurrection in, in even if it's a very quick montage as she's speaking over it, you know, something like I, I did this and then that and I did, hey, I went there, I've been fighting these wars for five years, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to explain a little bit. I mean, she literally was, she wasn't even buried right away. She was kind of carted around the galaxy and then they decide, yeah, let's go take her back to Dathomir and throw her in the river. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I agree that I think that that would be cool. It's just like, is this the, I mean, I guess it is the medium for it if you bring Ventress back, so fuck, why not? Hey, let's go, Quinlan for president. <laughs> yeah, cares? Jesus. All right, well, thank you for participating in the question of the week, friends. Like I said, check out at Star Wars Time show on IG, typically Tuesday mornings to get involved. And now, as we wrap the show up, we end with the old bread and butter segment, which started it all, what used to bring the masses and now just causes me additional work every day. That is our top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. This is how it goes. I play around on IG every morning. I put out a reel of cool looking shit or shit that I think's cool that you've used our hashtag Star Wars time show. Or if you've been listening, you've done the ad tag. And now the important thing is, if you want to get on this segment, you've got to do the ad tag, because that's where young Nick uh, starts to look for his picks Monday night to delineate the top five features of the week. So Nick, take us through this week's selections. Ah, first up in our top five this week is a person that has made their way into the top five many times before. This is at Betty Ione underscore SW. And this is just an awesome, like, contemplative shot of Vader. So what we see here is Vader in front of a hollow table. And on the hollow table, what's up? A picture or an image, a hollow image of young Anakin Skywalker and his lady love, Padme Amidala. Talking about sand. Shirley, Shirley talking about sand. 
Um, and it is, it's like a moment of reflection for Vader looking back on the life that he could have had. And I thought that there was just like a really poignant, awesome, uh, poignant shot here from, from Betty. Yeah, this is one of those deals I would like to have hanging on my wall. Cause it's, it's kind of like people would look at that and probably ask a question, go, Ooh, that's neat. Ooh, what's, what, what's going on here? What's that? What's this? And I don't know. It's it, it just, it's got a cool little story. It, it's when they first said, I love you. Right. They're in their yeah. Geonosian arena garb. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty dope. Speaking of the, the sand line, uh, Beyond the Dune Sea, they put out a clip from our hot takes, and it's when Connor said that he thinks this scene in the dialogue is good. Go check it out. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love the way he edited the short, too, because he just focuses on me going, what? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> Check him out. There, there's the, the I, I went I, almost all show without doing a Beyond the Dune Sea plug, but there it is. I don't know what other films Connor watches. I assume that he watches a lot of movies and I'm sure that he has seen good line reads And the fact that that falls into one of his good line. reads, It's not, I don't think it's so much how it was read. It's the, the dialogue he explains made sense for the character in that moment. Go, go, just go check out the clip people to see what I'm talking about. But you you just see me the whole time, just making faces. Like I'm a five-year-old, like, I'm sure that, I, I know that if I walk into Connor's room, he would have a poster on his wall that says, I wish I could wish away all of my feelings that is, for you. That is <laughs> that is a top dog line. I'm glad you brought that one. That is one of my favorites. I just I just wish I could wish it all. It's like, hey, George, <laughs> chill out with the wishes or at least let someone read it first, okay? Yeah, all it's right. like, did nobody? Back all to, right, uh, next uh, up. Sorry, yeah, Betty... Ioni underscore SW on IG. Give them a follow. Give them a follow. Oh, look for at sure. this. Next up, a little crossover. Yeah. Next up is a clicky. Is a clicky one because I have the the oh, one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I got it. I, I, I should have put that. I got it up. Should have put that in the at the end. But the clicky. So the clicky. This is at Gree zero one. I at Gree zero one is always the clicky for us because we can't embed his stuff. But what we have is an awesome scene recreation shot from. Uh, you know, the best Star Wars movie ever made, according to the prequel crowd from Rots. This is the <laughs> moment before the Battle of the Heroes. Um, uh, this the at uh, you know, as Anakin has his back knife. turned, uh, as Anakin has his back turned to his now almost dead wife, and then his his former best friend telling them about how that he's going to bring peace, freedom. And justice and security to his new empire. And wishes um, and sand. Yes. There will be no sand in his new empire. Um, but this is a it's a cool recreation of this of this uh scene from Rots right before the battle between Obi and Anakin kicks off on Mustafar. And what's cool is you can even see that he has Kenobi's arm positioned to where he, like he's reaching for his saber oh, yeah. ready to draw. Um so I just thought it was a good it was I a shall cool do shot. I must. Done. Yeah. Only Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> so, Mando Empire. Um, you know uh, what's cool? Gree Gree's like recreated the, the whole battle, and I believe he's using old school vintage collection figures, or like the three and three quarter inch. Because yeah, I don't want to say the figures look awful, but they don't the faces. Look, they don't look like they're the 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 figures we get these days. So yeah. it, it's almost like Gree got a stockpile of, of figures that came out during Revenge of the Sith and has, has gone through and recreated many moments. So Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, but look at poor there. Padme in her little baby outfit laying down there on the ground. I know, she's like, just, I fall and I can't get up. Dead. But yeah, good stuff here. Anakin looks Act like he's about zero. ready to take a dump. He's like, yeah, I would say the face, <laughs> the face on Anakin ain't the best. But uh, you know, I, it's it's not about the figure. No, it's about the art. It's about so the art. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Gree really knocked this Gree park in terms. Zero one on Instagram. All right. Indeed. Sorry. Right, now we're the, at the crossover. Now we're at the crossover, and this is where Burkhead Toys gets his second mention of the cast. He was he made his way Look at into that. the family. Two for Tuesday for Burkhead Indeed. Toys. So at Burkhead Toys here, hitting us with the awesome crossover, like you mentioned before. <laughs> I have a new master splinter, and this is uh Raph from the Ninja Turtles now whipping a red lightsaber to match his red headband. And wh- who's behind him? Palpatine. Palpatine pulling chief. his string. Oh, yeah. He he recognized that Raph was the strongest of the turtles and has now corrupted his mind and turned him to the dark side. And you can see, too, it looks like... Uh, I love how you can just get the feet of Splinter. Oh, yeah. See a Splinter. Dang, the feet in the tail. He's getting... Dangling there. He's getting Vader choked right now. My question to, to Adam is... Did Sidious recount the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise to Raphael to get him to turn on his his family? Or was it, did he talk about Darth Shredder the Wise? Right. Or, or were there, <laughs> were there, was it a dream about a pizza dying? Yeah. <laughs> what oh, what made Raph turn? I mean, it makes sense. You think about it, Raph was always the edgiest. He always he was, was the moody one, the angry one. So yeah, if any Ninja Turtle is going to go to the dark side... It would be Raphael. And uh, these figures are always awesome. I have these two. These are the NECA Turtles, some of the greatest cheap, you know, 112 scale figures you could ever get if you were born in the 80s and 90s and liked all that stuff that was out when we were kids, like the Turtles. So good work here from Adam, aka Burkhead Toys on Instagram. Indeed. Good stuff, Burkhead Toys. All right. Next up in the uh, four spot here. In the top five, we got at Toy Pictures 444. And it's just a cool shot of Vader. We got a lot of dark side happening here in these uh, in this top five. It's just a cool portrait style shot of Vader cape whipping out in the background. Um, It looks like this is probably a scene from the Kenobi series. This looks like the battleground where the final fight between Vader and Kenobi took place. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a straight up cool Vader shot cape uh, blowing in the wind, lightsaber ignited, and just Vader being Vader. That that's all you need to say. It's Vader being Vader. I love the guy. He's one of the the the, the classiest looking movie characters ever made. So iconic. He, he, anyone you you point to a picture of that, more than likely they're they're gonna say Darth Vader, right? I mean, yeah. he's just he's universal. He should be taught in schools. He should be taught in church. All hail the Dark Lord of the Sith. Indeed. And so that is at Toy Pictures 444 on the IG. Make sure to follow. And to close this one out, I mean, this one here is just some truly crazy shit. This is from at Talon underscore illustration. Mega crossover here. We got multiple franchises mixed in. Multiple franchises indeed. Um, And what... Talon's deal is he's an illustrator. He draws. And what we see here is a crossover between uh, Star Wars 
Alien, and then it's the uh, like the other one is Terminator. It, uh, Term okay, yeah. so that's what it is. That's Skynet, like the, those ships yeah. there. Those those are whatever yeah. they're called. I forget what t what numbers the 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 ships were, but the yeah, ship, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can see some. Uh, There's some T800s. T800s, the original T, the uh, the Schwarzenegger Terminators, oh, yeah. not the T1000s from from two. You got T800s. You got the Xenomorphs, and you got the good old Clone Bros holding it down. So it looks like it almost looks like the T800s and the Xenomorphs have teamed up together. To f like invade the well, Star yeah, Wars I mean, the, galaxy, the, the Xenomorphs—they can't lay eggs and and steal, so they're like, yeah. "Yeah, screw these guys. Let's go after the meat bags." Yeah, so I mean, it's just like this awesome battlefield scene. You see the troopers um, hiding; they're they're in a trench. You got the the T eight hundreds and the Xenomorphs the, running at the them. Purple lasers the ships, coming from the ships, right? Because the remember, ships, yep. yeah, yep, yep. I mean, this how about is that one clone? He he's kind of got. Like the uh, the tank commander armor on, but it looks yeah, like he lost his arm, so he's got like a robotic arm at the elbow. Yeah, yeah, at the elbow, they've replaced the arm with a robotic arm. I mean, this is just yeah, such a, cool, a cool detailed scene. shot. You can see like you know demolished buildings in the background. You can see like a turbo laser that is fighting on the side of uh, the xenomorphs in the in the T eight hundred shooting off yeah, to it, the it, other Nick, side. I of mean, the it really frame. looks like one of the flashbacks from Terminator, but instead yeah, from, of humans, you know, Connor and his forces, it's it's the clones. So, yeah, I mean, pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's a really sick shot. I mean, if you're in podcast world for this and you're not seeing the visual of it, go to Talon underscore Illustrations page on Instagram and look this look at this shot. It's just awesome, and then. Uh, for those of you out there who may be interested, Talon takes commissions. Oh, yeah. So go to his page. He'll have his information on there if you want an awesome piece of art made up like this one. So at Talon underscore illustrations closes out our top five for this week. Excellent stuff. Um, stuff. You could also head on over to StarWarsTime.net to see the pictures on in Nick's top five posts that he that puts out right. every Monday on the website. And as we're speaking about the website... That's where we need you to go, or at least to tell people, hey, hey, wh wh what were you listening to on Tuesday? The Star Wars Time Show? Oh, yeah. Where, where can I get more information on those two bozos? Well, easy. You go to StarWarsTime.net. It's their home on the internet. You can catch up with them in between shows, see what they're posting about, if anything. You can also sub to the podcast. That's right. This show we do on Tuesday nights gets put out on podcast platforms a day later. And we are on all of them, at least the good ones. Spotify, you say? Yes. TuneIn? Yes. Pandora? Yes. Apple? Yes. Google? Yes. Android? Yes. See what I mean? We're everywhere. You can't avoid us. We're like the plague. But a good plague. One that will make you, you know, maybe feel good. Maybe feel a little bad. Maybe a bit educated. You never know what you're going to get on an episode of the Star Wars Time Show. The only thing we do know is that there's always time for Star Wars Time. And we're just trying to convince the rest of you to come and celebrate that with us on a weekly basis. So keep it up, our friends. Keep on stumping for the show. We will be back next week. Next week will be our last Tuesday, more than likely, ever. I think we're going to make the, the full switch to Wednesdays to get through the Bad Batch, and then we're just going to stay there, which is going to be interesting because i got to get through my routine brain over the next 14 weeks where I've set up my work schedule as if we were still casting on Tuesday. But I'll figure it out. I'm kind of smart. 
I don't look it, but I kind of am. All right, everyone. We enjoy you. Those in the live stream, it's always great to interact with you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. In between now and then, don't forget, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force, that Force, will be with you always. Always.